Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range EDC, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. This time around, we're going to be talking about one of the most attempted, but least successfully pulled wrestling gimmicks in the business, the double turn. How do you make the good guy the bad guy and the bad guy the good guy, all in the same match? Well, unless you have a brain somewhere between Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette, chances are your ideas are wrong. You're wrong. However, back in 1996, Vince and the WWF managed to pull this trick off to great success during the biggest show of the year. How'd they do it? We're going to watch the match and find out in this episode 141, The Double Turn, Austin versus Hart from WrestleMania 13. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who to this day insists that he is the only person to ever successfully counter the sharpshooter while eating a plate of steak tips. He has been my partner in Izzy for over two decades and will probably bust himself wide open sometime during this episode. I give you the man they call Tim. You see, the trick is in the steak sauce. That's how you get out of it. It makes you, it makes you slippery. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Was it a matter of like slithering away or did you just like, uh, how did it's, that work? It's viscous. It also blinds your opponent. <laughs> so, you know, either way. Oh, you, so it's like a Mr. Fuji thing. Like you just hurl the steak bit. sauce at him. You just oh, kind of throw, throw the tip at it, you know, throw the steak <laughs> tip at him with a little sauce on it. And it's like, oh, it's like blinds him. And then, you know, you're free to go. So there you go. Well, I'm, I'm doing all right. How are you doing, sir? I am well. I'm well, you know, Very just, uh, Counting down the days for the ablation where I can be freed from the the prison that is this ridiculous stinking AFib thing I'm going through. We need to come up with an ablation theme song for you. I, I'm not sure what that is, but we where where is Rick Derringer when you need him? You know, I'm I'm willing to go with the People's Court theme because we, as we established in the pre-production meeting, it's got some oh. things. The Funk Baby. Well, no, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that. We're gonna hold I, off I on, on that until it's appropriate. You know, but uh, but oh yeah, it's it slaps. Um, yeah, uh, really looking forward to you having that uh, that procedure, sir. Well, one because I I. I really genuinely want you to be healthy and to feel Thank good. Uh, and number two, it's not happening to me. So I'm, I'm all for it. Um, Cause as we all know, any surgery is about it. <laughs> every surgery is minor as long as it's not happening to you. Um, yeah, so, but anyways, uh, we are going to delve into some wrestling in this episode. And then mm. in the week in geek, we're going to deal with more wrestling. Oh. Uh, so you know what? How about we just dive into that right now without further ado or a don't. The week in the geek. I feel so funky. Sir, what we got for the week in geek? 
Uh, this week in Geek, uh, you know, similar to our, our prior episode, is a little light on the uh, web-sourced content and a little yes. more uh, just kind of based in, uh, you know, some some things that we've been kind of uh, tracking and following or participating in, depending on uh, the situation. So, uh, Wait a minute, I, are you trying to tell me that you were part of that AEW CM Punk Jungle Boy dust-up? Were you, were you at have, Wembley? I might have provoked Jack Perry into his foolishness. Let's just Where say Where were you? on the night of <laughs> but i was there throwing steak tips at him to blind him so punk got him in that front he goozled him he goozled him i say you grab All him right. by the goozle pipe and then you squeeze <laughs> good lord ladies and gentlemen if you have not experienced jim Cornette, you need to like like we we will happily shill for uncle corny's oh no podcast I'm, I'm, because I'm, I'm putting the whole link to the ep- to the episode do. that we're going to be talking about it will be in the show notes it is well, it, well, it's an hour the, long, but it is you, so worth it. <laughs> you you have to put the Goozle episode on oh, at least no. a clip to the Goozle as well, because that's, that's not right. part of that hour. And, You're right. And, you are so right. Let me make sure I write that down. The 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 uh just, just the pure just uh I don't know what to call it. Uh, like like the weariness in his voice when when Cornette realizes oh, that he has great. to explain to his co host what a goo what goozling is and yeah. <laughs> Like, like, oh my gosh, have children. To do everything here. <laughs> like, what are they teaching kids in school these days? <laughs> there ought to be, there ought to be oh. history and goozling. I mean, come on. It's That's one of the. Right. Well, uh, our, our first item is, is a non goozle uh, situation, which is uh, Tales from the Fantasy Gridiron. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back into fantasy football land. My Wii? Uh, what, you got a mouse in your pocket over there? What's, Uncle Todd uh, is a full participant. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> You did, unless kidding. you unless you took a team and you named it after me and uh, I, I it's on autopilot even everything out i, I kind of had this so you know the, the, it's gonna be the uncle, uncle todd Todd's memorial squad, you know <laughs> was that serious what it's called no i'm kidding I, that I did good, not... that's a good rhyme uncle todd's memorial squad like i like well, that that's true uh i no, i i'm joking i did not have to create a, a faux team but if i oh, ever have to in future seasons you will be you will be fully employed as the uh uncle todd memorial squad perfect so. i'm i'm fine with that as long as i don't have to participate all right well o- over the uh, labor day weekend we did have uh, a fantasy draft uh for our uh fly-by-night uh fantasy football league uh my team is the quick slants uh named uh, thusly after uh, one of the uh, John Madden-esque uh, plays from back in the day. Uh, overall, uh, Yahoo gr- graded my draft a, a C. I'm right in the middle of the pack, so an average average draft, which is fine by me. I took uh, – uh, th- this is a first for me. Is my first year without Tom Brady at the helm as quarterback. <laughs> I know. Ooh. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm wandering into uh, a little bit of an unknown. Uh, so who is your I, quarterback is the question. Who is your quarterbacks? Do you have a I, definitive number one? I selected Lamar Jackson. Oh, that's not a bad pick at all, dude. Well, he has been dealing with injuries, so it's a Still bit of a crapshoot. But so much upside there. Yeah, absolutely. Who you got for a backup but, then? Uh, my backup is. Uh, let me just scroll down. Dak Doesn't Prescott from Dallas. Oh, I. Oh my God, I. Oh, see, there's. I, I would have rather taken a middle of the road dude who's fairly reliable. Dak seems like he. He don't know what he wants to quite be <laughs> well, over the last few, at least just in the little bit I've been following the NFL. Like he seems like he's. Yeesh. Yeah. Well, if, if Lamar stays healthy, then 
you know, we may not need to lean on Dax. It makes uh, up the yes. Week, so the the ever the ever present optimism of well, if this happens and if this happens and if this happens, I'll go sixteen yes. and zero this year. That's right. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Week one, uh, ah! my Lamar my... broke his femur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In week one, um, Derrick Henry and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, Derrick Henry of the uh, Tennessee Titans and Ramondre of the New England Patriots are my two running backs. Henry's still playing for the Titans. Henry huh. is still playing for the Titans. Interesting. Uh, Debo Samuel. Debo is. De- uh, I love my me wide some receiver. Debo. Love me some uh, Debo. Tyler Lockett, also a wide receiver. Uh, Brandon Ayuk uh, uh, is one of the wide receivers I selected. Uh, who else did I get? Wow, you can tell. I can tell so badly how much I have not followed football because once you got past the first couple names, I'm like, who? Who? Devonta Smith. Hey, my my sleeper pick uh, in round 16, a kicker by the name of Cameron Dicker. So. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> how to make that one count. <laughs> We're getting into dick kick territory. Okay. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, what else do I have here? Uh, Dak, we already talked about Chris Godwin uh, of the Godwin brothers. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I a slot a, bucket to the field. <laughs> <laughs> basically, Phineas and, uh, and and what's his name? I forget. <laughs> Phineas and uh, what's his name? My fi- God. Fi- who is that other Phineas guy? Phineas and Henry O'Godwin. That's that. That's, oh, jeez. Yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, Kansas City and New England are my defenses. Uh, my my primary kicker is Young Ho Koo from uh, Atlanta. So overall, uh, I'm I'm pretty. Wait, so pretty you're carrying two kickers? Yeah, I got two kickers because you got to deal with the bye week. You know what well, I mean? Well, yeah, so. but I I always well. Then again, I mean, yeah, I I haven't won a championship in a long time. I always held off on the second kicker and then just picked anyone up. Well, right before the bye week, that's, you know, that's the other way of doing it. I I actually felt pretty loaded in uh, the running back wide receiver category, so I decided to mm. throw a little over at the, at the uh, kicker and uh, defense categories. Oof. By the way, last year I was the uh, crowned uh, champion of our our league, so I come in as the defending champion. Oh, good uh, for you. Believe I will once again um, conquer. As Good I have for you. Uh, in the past, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still working on Uncle Todd. I think he'll be back next season. So no, this is going to be my second year away from fantasy football, and you know what? It feels pretty damn good. It, it's. Oh, yeah, I know you want. The come only thing back. I can equate is when I finally kicked heroin. You know, it's it's. <laughs> Good gosh, just such a relief. Good God. All right. Well, uh, I'm just we... kidding. I'm still taking it. No. Um. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you sound like the uh, uh, Bill Bill Nye from uh, like like you ever see Love Actually? Oh yeah! Oh, when, well, when, when he's when, the best when, part of that flick. When when he's on that show and he's like, yes. "Kids, don't do drugs. Become a singer, and they'll give them to you for I free." I know. That's, don't don't buy drugs, <laughs> and they'll give them to you. Oh, he is like literally. He is the best part of anything that he is in. Um, the episode Absolutely. of Doctor Who that he was in, he was yep. just. Uh, it's uh, uh, chef's kiss. One of those guys yes. who I wish I wish he were in. He's he's sort of like the Tim Curry of our time now. Like he, yeah. he just shows up in so many things and he's delightful in all of them. And, and, and to tag on to the Tim Curry thing, I got to put in a quick plug. Just watched um, The Hunt for Red October the other day. Ah. Um, uh, actually, no, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday or Monday. I can't remember. Um, but then uh, Tim Curry in that, you know, at, at a point when, you know, who said anything about sabotage 
Captain, like just that, <laughs> this weird mixture of like disgust, like exasperation yeah. and shock, is, and then all these emotions all at once. I'm like, and he does it perfectly. It's great. Yeah, absolutely oh, it great. It He's is a perfect like Russian, uh, you know, the perfect Russian doctor for a, a submarine. Indeed, which is it, Indeed. you can't say that about every actor. No, you can't. You can't. So that's all there is from uh, the Fantasy Gridiron, ladies and gentlemen. We'll, we'll have weekly God. updates. I'll uh, I'll let you know how my team is doing. Week one, will no, be no, we're, we're going to get every four weeks. I think is just fine. No, just no, no. This will be a weekly gig. So <laughs> uh, we're going to uh, push you off uh, an Ahsoka hot take uh, till uh, next week. So we're going to jump drinking right. Jack Daniels out of a bottle with a straw by the end well, of this year. You know, it's good for you. Uh, but let's jump over to. Uh, uh, some big news that occurred yes. in the world of wrestling over the Labor Day weekend. Uh, CM Punk unceremoniously fired from AEW uh, on Saturday of, of all days. Uh, he uh, basically um, this this closes the book on a two year, very tumultuous <laughs> tour uh, with that company um, two years ago, roughly. Uh, we were talking about his triumphant return and what had to be one of the best returns uh, that mm. I've ever seen, you know, for a wrestler coming back uh, in, in, into a fold of some kind. And, uh, he, and, and he came back with 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 a lot of fervor and uh, and had a really good, you know, f- would you, know, you really say that f- it was much ballyhooed? Much ballyhooed. Yes. Yes. OK. Not suspect. Not suspect. No, not, anyway. not whatsoever. Uh, had a pretty strong first 10 months or so. Um, and then, uh, the drama began, uh, with some back and forth with uh, hangman, Adam page, uh, which, uh, you know, punk ended up uh, defeating him for the AEW world title. Uh, and then I believe, um, uh, he got injured, uh, came back, beat John Moxley for the title and then had his infamous, uh, rant, uh, probably, about a yearish or so ago, um, where he just absolutely went off on um, uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Matt, uh, so Young Bucks are Matt and Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega. They are bo- they are all three executive vice presidents of um, AEW. Um, basically, due to a lot of the tomfoolery and chicanery that was kind of going on uh, at the time. Uh, which which led to the Hangman Adam Page drama, um, him just not having a, a short fuse, or or he has a short fuse, not having a long fuse, I suppose, for um, you know children behaving the way that they are uh, with with rumors and gossip, and he doesn't and, suffer fools gladly. No, he does not. No, he does not. And and there there there's a whole long backstory, but but long story short, um, a lot of the drama w- was potentially you know started by some of the, you know. Uh, the, these members of this group, the elite, Kenny Omega, Matt, Nick Jackson, Hangman, Adam Page, leaking stuff about different things with him and and just it, it turning into a very contentious sort of situation. And he kind of went off. Um, he was also injured. He tore his tricep in the John Moxley match. So he was basically out for several months after that. But um, that ended up turning into um, he, he very he pretty directly called them out in the press conference. And then apparently afterwards, they broke into his um, 
his uh, locker room um, where there was a brawl that ensued and just there was a lot of craziness. So all in all, it, it was a very ugly situation, something that really, you know, you don't really see um, or hear reported very often in wrestling. And so uh, he went to uh, CM Punk goes away. He heals up. Um, the Bucks and Kenny Omega were suspended for a period of time. They all come back. Um, he was now we fast punk. forward to thank you. Now we fast forward to his return in the, I think it was like end of July, beginning of August with this show Collision. Yeah. Um, they had to give the man his own show, like to separate, like uh, just, yes. a, just a preview of how childish and foolish this company is. They had to give CM Punk his own show so he could be separate from these other idiots. Yes. And, to, to coexist. Uh, and and I think in some ways there was like a soft like roster split they called it because yeah. there were there were certain folks who were you know um, I don't mean to say friends of CM Punk's but 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 certain folks who who were aligned with him who wanted to work with him who wanted to be a part of that show and and the show had a very different feel to it 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 did feel like a very you know wrestling focused show really good action in the ring really good storylines um, it's really funny to hear Uncle Cor- <laughs> Uncle Corny talk about when he watches AEW Dynamite and when he would watch, you know, Collision and just how different those shows felt in terms mm. of the quality of the wrestling, the quality of the stories, the quality of the product. So all in all, Punk comes back. Things are looking good. They go to this this pay-per-view all in, uh, in Wembley Stadium in London, and the wheels come off again. So apparently um, several weeks before that pay-per-view, um, Punk was called in by some of, uh, now, if, if what I've read online is what is in fact the truth, I have to, you know, caveat all this with that. Yeah. What basically happened at a collision airing was, uh, Jack Perry wanted to, he, he was called jungle boy. He's now just Jack Perry. Um, Luke Perry's son, by the way, um, wanted to do a bit where he was going to go through like a plate glass, you know, uh, like windshield of a car or I don't know if it was a coffee table or something, but Mm -hmm. um, they didn't want him doing it because of the dangers of it. Again, Jim Cornette goes into great detail in in his shows a a few weeks ago about why glass is so really dangerous because you have very little control over what it's doing and what it's going to sever potentially. (laughs) So, yeah. um, And so uh, punk was called in to shut it down and they, they got into a pretty, you know, uh, intense argument it sounds like and and Jack Perry was not thrilled with this uh, fast forward to all in at Wembley he's fighting uh, Hook who is Taz's son and uh, they do they're about to do a bit on on the windshield of a car and he looks and Jack Perry looks into the camera and says you know this is real glass Crimea River which basically was a provocative line meant for Punk. Mm-hmm. Punk, of course, is on is basically on next with his match with Samoa Joe. And so what ends up happening is when Perry comes back, there's some altercation that happens between the two of them with an argument going on. And uh, basically Punk probably confronting him being like, you know, WTF, what, you know, what, what is this about? Um, now, uh, there's a lot of stories of what exactly happened. We're not going to get into all of that because we weren't there. We don't know. We don't know anyone who was there. So, but if if we go off of of Uncle Corny, who is a little more connected to the wrestling business than we are, um, <laughs> to say the least, it sounds like uh, if 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 you go with Uncle Corny's story, uh, CM Punk goozled uh, Jack Perry, <laughs> <laughs> and and we will have a link to what exactly goozling is because he goes into great depth Which about is it. Fan- freaking fantastic ladies and gentlemen entertaining as as educational 
It's it educational, ladies and gentlemen, because you never it know. Is. You never know when you might need to goozle somebody. As as Corny says, well, you know, well, Brian, have you not ever goozled someone in the course of your normal day? And he's like, no, I've never had to goozle someone like at the doctor's office. <laughs> and Jim's like, well, if I had to count probably 10 or 12 people I've had to goozle in my life. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what a fracking world this is. Indeed. That, you know, and- but, oh. And and what's funny to me is like CM Punk feels on the surface like someone who would who Corny would hate. You know what I mean? Like 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 Uncle Corny is is, is a hard person to please, but he 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 really is into punk. And and I think he's into punk because he appreciates punk's respect for the business. He I mean punk is old school. And well, let's let's put it this way. I, and this is my just to break into your thing real quick. Yes, I, yes, yes. I think 30 years ago Punk yeah. is someone that Cornette would have not gotten along with and not liked. I yeah. think given the con- the current climate of professional wrestling, mm-hmm. Cornette was like, this is the closest thing to what I remember my professional wrestling being. At least this is yeah. a guy who, who respects the business, who respects the history, and who yeah. actually treats this seriously. Yeah. yeah. A- as opposed to like how a lot of folks do now. Now, I mean, granted, I'm on record as saying that I think I think Uncle Corny can be a little bit of a, you know, get off of my lawn, you you dang kids sort of thing. Yeah. He yeah. can be a bit of a stick in the mud. And there probably ain't anything since like 1989 that he likes in professional wrestling. However, you know, I, I think that there are some valid points that he makes from many times in terms yeah. of like how the business ought to be, you know, how it ought to be treated in terms of like, hey, it's it's about this. It's not about all this other crap. Yeah, um, because yeah. ultimately, I think that's what connects people to it is that emotion. And so, I mean, I think right now it's almost like, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Not, right. not really, but right. it's like that sort of thing where he's like, this is the closest thing today to what yeah. I can respect. And yeah. it's partly because in a way and here's a con- here's a line that you're not going to often see drawn. Like, honestly, CM Punk is sort of like the Bernie Sanders of of professional wrestling he's yeah. uncompromising yes and in that in that, in that way there's people who even if they don't like him can at least uh-huh. respect him because they're like damn it his his line has not changed over the years yeah. this is who he is tell Good, me when bad, i'm telling lies and and you know what <laughs> damn it he makes a great point in in saying that yeah i i think that's the t- that's the type of thing that's why like a guy like Bernie Sanders can't have friends from both sides of the aisle because they're like, well, we know who this dude is. He ain't changed. Right. His tune ain't changed. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't depend on who who's trying to put money in his pocket or anything like, no, it's he is who he is. And that's sort of CM Punk, like in a way, because he's he is that yeah. guy who's willing to just be like, I'll walk away from this. I've got right. other things I can do. Right. And, and you know, it, it, in a way, yeah. God bless for that. Like, hey, I can respect that. And he's and yeah. he's put in the work and and done enough and sacrificed enough for his his own health and everything that he's earned that. Good for him, man. Yeah. And and what's interesting is the common thread between what happened with Hangman Adam Page and what happened with Jack Perry is this concept. And you know, again, I'm you know we're we're Uncle Todd and I are not plugged into any sort of insider wrestling stuff other than what we read on the internet. Yeah. But if you if you if you look at the accounts of what happened, the common thread between the two of them is you had two young guys who in in some way kind of went in into business for themselves mm-hmm. on a live broadcast, unbeknownst to Punk, as a way of 
putting heat on themselves as a way of maybe sticking it to him a little bit because they they both had an axe to grind with him, I believe. Um, and you know, like you said, he does he doesn't suffer fools lightly. He he will confront, he will deal with, and he will address, and that's exactly what he did. And so, yeah. um. Within this outburst, so so again, we we don't have all the details of the outburst. No one really knows for certain exactly what happened. There's there's stories from both angles of it, yeah, but essentially there, there is there an w- official lawyer like statement from AEW and Tony Khan there stating is. that there was a fear for life and a lunging yeah. apparently. So yeah, so so yeah. Th- yeah, that was the piece I didn't get to yet. Is is apparently oh, Tony Khan got involved or not? Didn't get involved, but somehow well, he got was, in the middle of the scrum and he felt he was being threatened. Well, yeah. And, um, and actually a little bit of context for this, because I, I actually had to kind of explain this. Oh, well, I had to explain some of this, the, the actual location to my wife the other night. Um, but the idea of gorilla position. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Because this is where this entire thing happens. So this is like when you come off of state, when the, when the wrestlers come off stage and they come mm-hmm. through the curtain into the backstage area, the first area that you come to is, Gorilla position, which is so named for Gorilla Monsoon, the, the mm-hmm. former WWF, uh, you know, commentator and also just, you know, persona. Yeah, I don't even know how you describe persona it. Greatness. I mean, yeah. Monsoon was one of the best talkers. He and Bobby Heenan, one of the best broadcast duos. But I one mean, of just... one of the most respected people in, yeah. in WWF history, you know, yes. had so many different roles. But that was like his spot. And apparently mm. for live shows, that was where he was at. Like he would be at there and you that was the last person you saw going out, the first person you saw coming in. Mm. So it's it's known as gorilla position, even though this is like a completely different company but it's 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 that well known and he was that well respected that even in even in another company where he nothing had nothing to do with it it's still gorilla position and it's not a big area at least if it's to if it's similar to what wwe does where i mean it's kind of a it's kind of just a small area that you come off there's some monitors there and 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 that's why cm punk was there because that's he's heading out next so he's watching the previous match on a monitor to be ready to go out and, you know, it's a small area. So there's this whole idea of like, oh, well, this scrum happened and there's people here and people there and everyone's, you know, getting jostled about. And, mm-hmm. you know, Tony felt scared for his life because, you know, there's people fighting in front of him and, you know, he ain't never been in any kind of a fight because he has butlers which, that, that. Which, by the um, way, I watched the press conference after All In. Yeah. Um, just to watch like MJF and, and Adam Cole and a few of the other personalities. And in, and I think at one point Tony Khan, Tony Khan even addressed that there was some sort of incident. When you see him talk about that, he does not seem like someone who was like shaken by that. Like it, it was just a matter of fact, like, yep, I can't comment on it. Something happened. You know, he was just very matter of fact about it. And looking at his body language and everything does not strike me as someone who then on Saturday is talking about how he felt like his life was threatened. And the, well, you know, which yeah, and I, I, think- I felt like was a little, Oh, it's it's blown. It's lawyer speak. They're trying to build a case because someone yeah. then in his ear, like, okay, CM Punk is going to sue you because of this and that and the other and wrongful dismissal and blah 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 blah. So then they got into that. But I, I also, I, I think that there's a bit to that because I've, I've only seen minimal clips of Tony Khan, and he does strike me as a socially awkward person, and that's coming from yeah. another person who is kind of socially awkward. I know mm-hmm. here on the interwebs, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's so talkative, and God, he won't shut up. I, in in regular social situations, ye around yeah. actual people Ooh, I, I clam up but i could i could see some of that and 
you know, uh, then again, I've, I've just got a, a bit of a shaded uh, perception of Tony Khan from how yeah. his company is run. But anyways, um, so I guess I, I would be saying take a grain of salt with that is, yeah. is my yeah. point. So, yeah, basically from that incident, um, there was some kind of, you know, they did some internal investigation. And basically on Saturday, uh, yeah, t- Tony Khan basically released a video where he read this. I mean, he's essentially reading a statement um, that, that was uh, saying he was firing CM Punk for cause um, due to the issues of yeah, the endangerment of him and the staff, you know, at All In. Um, the incident as a whole, and you know, they, he got recommendations from his legal uh, staff as well as uh, from this disciplinary committee. Which, of course, in the comments of Twitter, is hysterical because, like, all of the memes are basically like Kenny Omega, Matt, Nick Jackson, and Hangman Page is the disciplinary committee. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sure it's much more on the up and up. It's all of their cousins. <laughs> well, and and, and I, and I need perhaps to add a, and too. perhaps a brother or and or sister in law. That's I'm, yes. I'm just guessing, but I'm pretty sure that's who the disciplinary committee is. Either that or it's it's Tony Khan and his ten made up friends. And 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 I need to add into the 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 additional bit of information that came in after the incident, which is apparently when Punk arrived in London. Uh, oh yeah, he was supposed to have. There was supposed to be a, a car service that picked him up and and you know would bring him to the hotel. Whatever number he was given, no one answered. Um, he was trying to figure out transportation. You know where he was supposed to go. Uh, ended up riding on the tube. Uh, with, yeah, because there was with, no Ubers available. Because no they Ubers had, available. Again, so, it, this is a, this is a show that was held at Wembley Stadium. Eighty thousand yes. people at Wembley Stadium. The 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 biggest outside of the U.S box office besides wwe in professional wrestling history i believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah london london cabs busy yeah so, so eventually we've got, we've got punk riding the tube which god i wish there was a camera crew following that i know and, and then you know getting help from fans to find his hotel because i mean you know like any i mean if you ever been to like, like we went to denver last year right yep and i mean it may seem like simple and basic and hey, you got a phone, but it's like not easy sometimes when you're not familiar with, you know, an area, you know, to no, find where things are. And, well, and you've and you've got all his you've got his gear, you've got his ring gear, you've got the fact yeah. that he's probably and, and it sounds like he did a bit of traveling before that. Yeah. You yeah. know, you got exhaustion and everything else. You've got all these other things on your mind, and now you've got to figure out where your hotel is. I mean so, blood pressure's gotta be running Pretty high. There's probably already, fr- yeah. There's probably a frustration from that incident, and then you know, uh, again from from Uncle Corny's rant, um, we end up finding out that um, apparently the person who is in charge of, I guess, the transportation <laughs> for the wrestlers and all these accommodations, apparently is someone who's very close with Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Ladies and which- gentlemen, all together, surprise, surprise, <laughs> surprise. So- I mean. <laughs> If you're listening to this and saying to yourself, my God, this sounds like a kindergarten, you wouldn't be that far off to be perfectly honest. Well, no, it's not like a kindergarten because a kindergarten has a teacher. (laughs) There's an authority figure somewhere. This is this is like Lord of the Flies, ladies and gentlemen. It's Lord of the Flies with men in their underwear. That's what this is. So it's it's very unfortunate because and, and we've talked about punk in the past. Like I. I really feel like there was so much promise with him in AEW because of the fact that the company was at least, you know, I don't know how to say it. it it's like in their TV and, and in the way they deal with their talent, there, there was a freedom there that that really, 
it didn't exist in WWE in the past. I don't know if WWE is loosening up a little bit because there have been some some really good feuds and some good you know promos and 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 content that they've they've put out there. And I think some of it's letting the talent be themselves. Um, Punk came in. He was putting over young guys. He was having really great stories. Um, his matches. You know, I really enjoyed his matches. I mean, there's there's complaints online as there is about you know everything. You know yeah. that his match quality wasn't what it once was. Well, he's 44 <laughs> years old, but I yeah. mean, going in there and you know fighting these these younger guys and struggling to win, but yet pulling it off because of his you know like his experience and stuff was was a really compelling story to me. You mm-hmm. know, like the guy who you know he can't dominate, but he can still through you know his you know through the skill he has and through his you know, um, experience and knowledge of the ring, you know, finds ways to overcome was, was yeah, a really which, cool thing. Which is a, is a, is it totally relatable to sports because you have, I mean, yes. God, there's so many examples, but I mean, the ones that come to me immediately are like late career, Pedro Martinez, late career, Kurt Schilling, late career, Michael Jordan, you yep. know, or well, actually mid to late career. Cause at the very late career, Michael Jordan wasn't doing nothing, but you know, like when, when he couldn't quite dominate physically and start developing some of those outside shots and, and, and you're just like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. all of it, but it's so, so relatable across sports. Right. It's like, how do you complain about that? That's, yeah. that's how things work. Yeah. Like it's mirroring reality. What do you want? Yeah. Again. And, and, and that's what I think has always been his, his draw and his charm is that people relate to him. They relate to his story. They relate to his struggle. They, they relate to him being a normal looking guy who's trying to fight giants and, and, and men much bigger than him, but doing it. And I mean, I mean, I, I've always appreciated his, his technical approach to wrestling and, 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 you know, the, the action and the way he tells stories in the ring. So, uh, really had a lot of promise, but unfortunately, because of clashes of personalities. Now, I, I do want to say, I mean, you and I are pretty much coming across as in the bag for CM Punk. I will say that I have to concede to some degree that I don't necessarily agree with the way that he deals with conflict. Like there, there is an element where I understand you got to put your foot down and, and you know, as, as you put it, you do not suffer fools lightly. However, there are ways to diffuse things. There are ways to handle things. And there is probably a way he could have done this in a different way if he really wanted to. But I think there, there's a lot of frustration that I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he was carrying. And that frustration was channeled maybe in not so productive a way um, that, that maybe he could have navigated this a little differently. Not putting it on him, though. There, There's a lot of just, as we talked about and as you've listened to and heard, kind of a lot of kindergarten-esque sort of activity going on that would probably drive someone who just wants to come in and do a quality show and do his, you know, practice his craft and do it with excellence would probably drive them insane. And mm. so, uh, yeah, so so just, just a very unfortunate situation. Um, now, there are rumblings that he may be, you know, looking at WWE and going back there. I don't see how that's going to happen. But, hey, stranger things have happened, folks, in the world of professional wrestling. So, <laughs> Yes. Many, many things. Eric many, Bischoff many. showing up on Raw. I mean, Ugh. it's just like, good God almighty. 
But, you know, sir, I'm sorry. I've been talking a lot trying to set context. What's kind of your reaction to all this? And, and, and what, what was kind of your, your thought process as you were kind of hearing all this? Oh, here we go, baby. Well, I think it's about time that we can we adjudicating? We're adjudicating a wrestler's court, ladies and gentlemen. There we we're go. going to talk about this. Um, I think, first of all, let's just pause for a moment. Let's all just dig on the people's court theme. Good God. Listen to this. I mean, this should have been like Shaft's theme music. You know what I mean? Ain't it funkin' now? I'm just talking about Shaft. Hey! <laughs> Listen to that dude. Go crazy on those kungas. That oh. is amazing. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, bring it down. One time, one time. Oh, there it is. I'm gonna pop a hip out dancing this. God, Uncle Todd is probably busting All right, we should have the cameras on for this while you're playing. Quite honestly, I'm 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 spent now. Um, <laughs> Do you need to go to bed? <laughs> I, I need a nap. Uh, so first of all, I I will retort on the on the, the there's better there, yes there's better ways to deal with this. Um, yeah. I think, but it goes back to Uncle Corny and the and the reason why we talk about Uncle Corny actually digging CM Punk. He's old school. He yeah. handles things yeah. the way that they used to be handled. And quite honestly, the 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 issue here is that there is no authority figure for mm. AEW. Yeah, and and one of the points that they make in the in the 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 episode that we'll link to on CM Punk's firing is the fact that at least in WWE, even though there's shenanigans and you might not like what Vince does and you might not like what this and that and the other, there's at least a structure. You know that at a certain point, mm -hmm. if you do X, your ass is gone. Yeah, you know yeah. that 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 you know there are consequences in AEW. There's none. Why? Because the in, the the freaking inmates are running the asylum. Yeah, and so in the, in that way, I don't blame CM Punk for being a dink in this. Like, I totally don't. Like, well, what are you gonna do? Fire me? Fine, but you know, I'm not gonna put up with this because obviously you're you had you know like two years mm -hmm. to handle this. Tony Khan, the dude who's writing the checks, the dude who's in charge of this whole thing, and you've done nothing yeah. except suspend these other guys and then put them right back at the where they are because you have to because they're all executive vice presidents. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you're not going to do that, guess what? I'm going to goozle this some bitch and then you know what? <laughs> Let the cards fall where they may. <laughs> Breaking out to goozle. I mean, I I don't blame him in that yeah. whatsoever. Like and and this is the problem. Here's here's the problem. So, if you have, we've seen this throughout history that you know back in the territory days, you had guys like you know Jerry Lawler, who obviously they ran the the promotion, and of course they go figure. The guy who's running the promotion, you know, running the territory, he's booked it at the top of the card. Wow, mm -hmm. shocker. Um, but then you get into like WCW or even WWF back in the day when Hogan was, you know, at the peak of his powers and you have the, the wrestlers with the, the strong political pull, right? It never ends well. Yeah. Never ends well. And look at what's happening with AEW. Like, yeah. Oh, it's, it, it sounded great when it first started out like, Oh, and there's going to be so much creativity and the wrestlers have this and they have that. And it's like, okay, I get that. But at a certain point, somebody needs to be the adult in the room mm -hmm. 
And when your livelihood is tied to where you are on the card and how many T-shirts you're selling and, 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 and it's variable on, on how much airtime you're getting, the fact that you have a say in who gets what airtime is m- probably not a good thing. Like there yeah. needs to be a check and balance going on there. And there ain't no check and balance in AEW. Because yeah. Tony Khan just sits there and is like, oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, and, and doesn't do anything. I mean, and yet it, these guys can kind of sit there at the top of this and just do whatever they want. Yeah. I, I it's, mean, it's, it, super to me, it's telling, the most cocked up situation you could possibly have. It's, it's super telling in that press scrum when Punk goes off. Uh, which I know. Oh, yeah, and, and Khan is just sitting there like <laughs> And he's just sitting there nodding his head, like like yeah. in agreement with everything. And I mean and, and in some ways, I mean he's like Punk's insulting his own like EVPs and he's like, Yeah, you're right. It's like, well, he's, okay, he's don't, actually, don't even go do something about it. <laughs> and in a way, he's actually insulting Tony. Yeah. Sitting right next to him. And I mean, Tony just, is either too too dumb or he's too like stunned to mm-hmm. know what's going on. And I remember you and I were like laughing like like almost tears coming out of her eyes laughing when there, there's a point after punk is done like ranting where he just starts like eating i don't know if it's like a sweet roll or a cinnamon oh, roll no, it, was, or something. it was a cupcake it was a cupcake a cu- whatever a cupcake and he's and the look he's giving tony as he's talking is just yeah. absolutely hysterical like you just piss me off <laughs> oh yeah he just... was just like you're an idiot you are an idiot idiot and you know what i agree with punk yeah now i mean because if you're not going to have any adult in the room Mm. and you and you're going to in your solution when you finally bring this guy back who is your biggest star i mean no doubt about it because he was gone and then when they brought him back instantly you know i mean he's the only guy who holds ratings for this company because everyone else kind of figures you know you have the people who like what this is and then you have people who keep on giving it a shot and they're like meh no yeah. And, and Punk was the only person who's holding an audience. And yet you your solution when you bring this guy in back instead of sitting him down in a room like like adults or like at least you're the adult and trying to mm-hmm. deal with some like, you know, a couple of children and and a and a slightly older child and saying, "All right, enough of this crap." Yeah. You're going to get along because guess what? I'm the one writing the checks and we're all making money. So whoever can't get along here, let me know right now and I'll sign your release. And we're just done with this. I'm not going to deal with this. Did that happen? No. We give Punk his own show because we need to separate him out because we might hurt some feelings over here with the elite. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. What in the hell? Like, again, I'm not I'm not I'm not the hugest fan of Uncle Corny's like stick in the mud back in like the 70s and 80s, you know, mentality. But son of a mother when when are you going to actually stand up and go like hey guess what i'm the one writing the checks and this stops like i I thought go ahead no i was gonna say just just one other point from uncle just to to support what you're saying one other point from uncle corny's show is it was reported um that i think punk has made um you know, not concessions. What, what's the word I'm looking for? He he's made overtures. Oh yeah, yeah, and then to, and then yeah, to oh, kind geez. of make peace with them. And apparently, there was something that was supposed to happen. You know, the the weekend they were in London, where they would get well, together. Well, hang on, and kind of. So, well, no, it's, it wasn't going to happen in London. It was going to happen in Atlanta. But but so his his oh, overtures of saying like, okay. "Hey, I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to to settle yeah. this." Yeah. And he didn't even get feedback from those dudes. 
Yeah. They're too chicken. He got feedback from AEW legal going, no, don't don't even contact them anymore. Well, no. There, Are there, you fracking serious? There was going to be a meeting before, well, yeah, but, I mean, prior before to, the pay-per-view, but then prior they to backed that. out of it. But they backed yeah, out it, of it. And right. apparent, prior to that, they didn't want anything. To, yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. And it sounds like they actually backed out of it once he flew into town. Like yes. he flew into Atlanta specifically for this meeting. And apparently then they're like, oh, sorry, we can't do it. Yeah. Again, immaturity. Again, children, as CM Bunk yeah. put it. He's yeah. working with children. Yep. And gosh, awful hard to argue. You know, yeah. I I appreciated Uncle in the in the episode, you know, Uncle Corny's talking about, you know, how he would have dealt with the situation. And I like how he described it because he doesn't beat around the bush and try and play any of that like, right. oh, well, I treat everyone the same. He's like, no, that's my headliner. You jungle you know jim perry you know whatever your frack name is corny loves jack perry i just want to say that right now corny just loves jack perry you're a mid carter at best you're gonna f around with my headliner guess yeah. what i'll fire you i don't care that's yeah. my that's my money man mm-hmm. and then you know he still holds punk accountable to some degree but at the same time it's like you don't f with the dude at the top of the pyramid that's not the way it works yeah you know yeah. Oh my gosh, it's it. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I mean, I can't. Yeah, in a in the modern wrestling sense, and also in just the way that you you would teach your children to deal with things and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, he probably should have found a better way to deal with it. But at the same time, there are times that it just if, if there's no adults in the room, sometimes you got to be the adult in the room, or you've just got to be like, you know what, I will not tolerate this anymore. And if no one else is going to stop this, I will put a stop to it. And guess Indeed. what? I trained and I fought in MMA, so I know exactly how to stop this. You want to yeah. get goozled? You want a front face lock? <laughs> you want me to pop your shoulder out of your, you know, you know, uh, do you want to oh. tap or do you want to nap? I mean, it's up to you. Snap, oh, tap, gosh. or nap. It's your, it's your, your, you know, because I, I, I'm guessing that, you know, Jungle Jim isn't, isn't, you know, uh, as well versed in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I have a hard time finding a case for AEW or Tony Khan. I would rule completely uh, for CM Punk in this one. I would as well. I I um I think unfortunately, you know this this you know this younger generation and you know not to sound like the curmudgeon old guy, but it's it just seems like oh no, they please are, do, please do. I love they, that. There, there's just a lack of, of maturity there, a lack of, of uh, professionalism. Um, that well, especially in AEW, because there's nobody to hold them, and there's no right. accountability whatsoever. Right. right. So yeah, I, I, I think it's an unfortunate situation. I, I think there could have been some, some really amazing business they could have done with Punk. Um, had had certain personalities, you know, kept themselves in line. And, and like I said, to, to some degree, maybe there are things that, that he could have done differently as well. I mean, we can't treat him like an angel, you know, I'm sure there's, he, he's, he's a, he's a strong personality and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, in the absence of real leadership, those strong personalities can sometimes also go out of control. And so, um, but, to your point, I, I, I'm, I'm on the side of CM Punk in this. I, I feel like, uh, he was not unfortunately afforded, you know, the opportunity that he could have had. And, and I think they left a lot of money on the table because of it, which, which oh, just, God, yeah. you know, which, which is, you know, what Cornette, you know, kind of hits on. And, and, you know, I meant to jump in and say this when you brought up, you know, when he articulated how he would have 
handled this as as a promoter. He did a really, I, I, I mean, as as profane as he can be, and as 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 wordy as he can be with some of this stuff. I really appreciated the way he approached the situation because he he did it in a way that made a lot of sense from a business logic standpoint where you know the the you know like like any other entertainment industry it's a harsh business where there are certain people who are simply draws and mm-hmm. you have to go with them because they're the ones that are pulling in the money and and he's really trying to you know navigate that and just say you know this is how I would have dealt with this as harsh as it would be for someone like Jack Perry, he's got to accept his place. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's not the one, I mean, I mean, for crying out loud, he, he was on the, I mean, not even a curtain jerking match. It was like the pre-show match, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, fans are paying and excited to see punk and, and Joe because they have a long history and all this sort of thing. And so I, I just, uh, you know, I think he did a great job articulating that and, 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 and really kind of presenting, you know, the harshness of the business while also saying, here's why the harshness though makes sense in some ways, you know? Um, and, and so, and so, yeah, I, I, I feel punk was, was given a, you know, a raw deal, I think. Uh, now as of right now, Jack Perry is, is still suspended indefinitely. So it's not like he's, you know, getting off easy. He's, he's not competing and not on the shows right now, but, but nonetheless, it just feels, you know, like a strange thing for, for Punk to have to pay the price that way. But as as Uncle Corny and his co-host discussed, you know, maybe this is for the better. You know, AEW is free of Punk and Punk is free of AEW. And maybe that's just the best thing for everyone. So, well, I think it's definitely better for Punk. I, I think it's a terrible thing for AEW because they, well, they could have drawn wise, money off this. Yeah, business-wise, 100%. I mean, he, he, he was a proven draw for them. Their, their collisions ratings were up. Um, he, he was doing great business with them and, you know, he even said it in, in, in the press, you know, scrum when he was going off about hangman Adam page, he's just like, you know, what the, you know, some of the, I think the way you put it, like these idiots in the back, it's like, you're, you know, it's like, they don't want to take advice, you know, and, and they don't want it, to like, it's like, they don't understand like how this business works, you know? And so it's, it's an unfortunate situation. And, uh, but um, I'm, I'm interested to see it, it's, it, you know, what's also telling too is r- real quick, just to wrap this up is, is the fact that Khan put out his statement. We've heard nothing from punk. Oh yeah. There's mm-hmm. been nothing yet from punk, not to say there won't be, but I find the silence interesting because I don't know if it's the calm before the storm or if he's working, you know, maybe he's being smart about this being quiet. Maybe he's trying to work a deal out with WWE where he can come in and, do some damage in a, in a different way, you know, um, you know, further damaged AEW. So it'll be very interesting, um, you know, kind of where this goes and if he somehow works out, you know, coming back to WWE, uh, in, you know, in a limited, you know, kind of featured capacity, I think that would still be a, a great thing. Cause he, he's such a great wrestler. And, and I really, like I said, I really enjoy the matches he's in. He and Joe, he and Samoa Joe put on an amazing match at all in. And so at least, you know, he has a, a you know, he, he's at least riding off to this, uh, off to in the sun's what's the way you put it riding sunset. off to the sun in, in the sunset toward the sunset. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I can't put two words together right now, um, but at least he finished. Thank you. At least he finished his time with, with a, a match in front of 80,000 and, and with a victory. So, all right, so we've mentioned the possibility of Punk going to WWE, and and I think it's interesting because I don't I don't know that anyone knows his contract details. I mean, we we're, it's very well known that WWE has a no compete 
uh, that they normally it's normally mentioned whether they waive it or if, how long it is and all that stuff. AEW, I mean, where everything again, because Tony Khan seems like an idiot. Um, I don't I don't know if they would even put it no compete in because they're they're supposedly so wrestler friendly. And yes, I've got my yeah. my quotey fingers up for that. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. I think there's definitely some, you know, Phil knows whether to you know keep quiet and maybe he's consulting with some legal folks and whether he can what he can do i want to run this by you mm-hmm. because you mentioned the idea of him going to wwe and that's been bandied about of course because i mean why not right now i mean quite honestly he is the, he is the hottest property um free agent certainly but a, a hot, one of the hottest properties you could possibly get in terms of like what could draw money yes um, just because he's an, he's already an established name and now you have this. It's kind of polarizing. Mm. Um, I want to run this by you because I yes. actually think there's another way to to get CM Punk into WWE, not as a feature, mm-hmm. not as like limited. Here's my idea. Okay. So you have whenever, I mean, because I mean, we know WWE is going to run Chicago at some point, which was the other funny thing. <laughs> about yeah. the fact that collision was in chicago oh yeah and, yeah and, and and uncle corny saying that they were booing tony khan out the building like the hunter who shot bambi's mother <laughs> oh the man is a poet ladies and gentlemen um but we know that wwe is going to run chicago at some point yeah for yeah. for either raw or smackdown i think it would be very interesting because we we know that if they if they do start working a deal with cm punk or if there's any rumor of him going to wwe it's mm. going to be in the dirt sheets it's going to be online people are going to know there's no way to keep this thing secret yeah um yeah so what if you try and keep it secret but of course it isn't it's that secret that everybody knows the show opens and we get Triple H as Paul Levesque, Levesque, whatever, however you pronounce it. I've heard it pronounced like 18 different ways. You get Triple H, go down to the ring, no music, no nothing. He's not the game. He's not Triple H. He is WWE executive. And he comes out to essentially say, I'm here to do rumor control. You know, and I know there's a lot of rumors out there that CM Punk is going to be here and that this and that and the other, you know, I'm here to dissuade all that. And then all of a sudden, cult of personality hits Mm. and we see cm punk on the stage Mm -hmm. and and triple h is playing this as startled but actually genuinely confused like how is this guy here yeah and you then go way outside because we all know that's a thing like oh my gosh the person showed up but of course their their music and video was queued up we go into like how would that happen and he's like uh, Phil or or Punk or however he wants to dress, I'm like, you're not supposed to be here. And then you go, you you actually give an explanation for that. And Punk even saying something like, "Hey, you really ought to pay your sound guy more because a couple hundred bucks is all it takes to get a video and a microphone around." Here. <laughs> nice. And you basically have Punk shilling for why he wants to be back in wwe and triple h saying listen we're not interested in having you we're not interested in someone who's run down our company and who's been fired from another company and you you manage to work this out where he's not part of the thing and then over the next month or two months even you have punk showing up at different events yeah and he does the whole thing where like you know some of these some of these people have done it before where they just show up and they just beat the hell out of everybody and then they leave. Yeah. Except now, you even do this at house shows, mm. 
Like you actually get video from house shows. And of course you do it like sort of like, oh my gosh, this is a cell phone camera from a fan of CM Punk showing up at a house show and beating the hell out of people, laying to waste. And then you're like, hey, I'm, I'm going to keep doing this until I get a contract because I'm not going out like this. Mm. Because I'm done playing with children. Mm-hmm. I want to be back with the big boys. Yeah. So you play this out over the course of a, of a month or a couple months. Then you then you come back. Triple H comes to the ring, top of a Raw or SmackDown. Take your pick. And comes out and says, all right, Phil, I know you're here. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Of course, CM Punk shows up and comes out of the crowd or even to have the, the video and all that. So you have that that intro comes down. He's like, you know what? We've, this has gone far enough. I've never been a big fan of yours, but you know what? You've made your point. I'm ready to offer you a contract. Hands him, he pulls out of the course of the suit pocket, hands him the contract. Punk looks it over. This is an NXT contract. <laughs> and Triple H says, yep, you're right. Because you abandoned this company. You ran this company down. You've been fired from somewhere else. You need to prove yourself. So do you want to play with the big boys or not? Because there's nowhere else that you're going to go. Yeah. Next week, CM Punk is on NXT. Mm-hmm. And over the course of, you don't, you don't do this like two, three weeks. And then all of a sudden he's called to main roster. You do this over several months. Right. Of him right. working his way in. And he doesn't take a loss, of course, but he's going to have some close calls. And he's going to give a little bit of a rub to the younger guys. And you put yes. him with the best wrestlers that you have, like wrestlers. Yes. And he works his way up, gets the main roster, and you continue this story. And eventually, hopefully, you have CM Punk competing for the WWE Championship, mm-hmm. with the, whatever the thing is, that the belt is that Rollins has now. And you have Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. going for the Unified Undisputed Championship. Mm-hmm. Now, can you imagine if you wind up with CM Punk mm-hmm. and Cody Rhodes as your two champions? Yes. And then you kind of, you either have a blow off with those two or something, whatever you, you, you have to establish whether Punk is going to ride off into the sunset or how long term this is, but that's a satisfying final chapter to this career that he, and of course you have to then assure him that like, Hey, we're not going to dink you over like we have in the past. (laughs) Well, right. Right. But I mean, that's kind of interesting to me because then it becomes like, it's about wrestling. Yes. And and you and yeah. you have Triple H lean into that. And you even have him even I would love to see this is one thing that got me gave me chills thinking about is like again, having it as Paul Levesque, like the executive, but then all mm. of a sudden starting to slip back into the game mm. and almost coming to that like you think that you're bigger than this, you think you're that, you think you you know, you do you think that you're bigger than the game. And almost going back into that, he's like, but the game, you know, mm-hmm. but you know what? This business went on without the game. Yeah. And just kind yeah. of pull back from that. And those like not being the evil Mr. McMahon character like 2.0, but just being the guy who's like, hey, this is the truth. This is who you are. This is what you did. And if you want to get mm-hmm. back, you want to wrestle, you got to do it old school. You got to fight your way up. Right. Right. Dude, that'd be fracking awesome. Look at you fantasy booking. It's never going to happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's never going to happen. But I you know, know what? Jim Cornette would love that. Mm-hmm. Somebody send that clip to, to Uncle Corny. You'd be some bitch. I love that. Yep. Free range idiocy. Uncle Todd. Fantasy. French fry baby. that and put it in the bucket, son. I'll eat it. That's you right. Know? That's something right. like that. I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, All right. Well, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. 
May, I, I think it's a great idea. I, I, I like it. It has, it, it is a story that is compelling. I think. Would it draw money though? I think it would. I, 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 I like that. the idea of him, you know, fighting his way up, giving some young guys the rub as he does it. Um, you know, eventually kind of, uh, you know, when they have enough guys, like landing to an it. achievement of, of a world title, I, I think that would well, be. Think about CM Punk cool. versus Shinsuke. I know. I know. <sighs> Come on. I know. CM Good Punk versus mama. Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah. So you know many. I mean? I, yeah. There, oh, yeah. No, totally. There's, there's a lot of very intriguing possibilities with him. And so, yeah. I, oh, I, CM I Punk like versus Gunter. Oh, God. <laughs> The Ring General. The Ring. Uh, no, 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 no. It's the Ring General. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I got, I'm going French instead of German. Sorry. I get so confused. Marcel Barthol is, or, or no, he's called what now? Ludwig. Uh, he. That, that's what he was called. Um, uh, it was like pre. It's funny. There's like pre-pandemic Imperium, and then there's like post-pandemic Imperium. Yeah, and he's like, I, oh, he's Ludwig Kaiser now. And yes, my God, is he one of the best hype men? Like, you know, just just for just for, just the way he does the announcement, and, and he's a and scrawny little dude too, how right? Committed he's he is to to the shtick is incredible. So, well, I mean, right. he, that's his bread and butter. He knows it. After that, is like, I, I don't make this work. I am toast. Indeed. <laughs> Well, we're we're at the fifty minute mark with the week oh, yes. segment. So should should we uh, play the Get people's uh, court music again to to call this segment to a close? And I, I think it's safe to say we we have adjudicated in favor of CM Punk. Yes, he is the wrong Dude. party. AEW should uh, well just walk away. So. Oh, to bring him in. There's some com- some compelling stories to be told, and uh, Uncle Todd, he is a writer. So this ought to uh, this ought to be like Triple H's music when he comes down to the ring for the. <laughs> Come on now, <laughs> Lord. I like to introduce uh, my new executive vice president, uh, Charles Wright, the Godfather. There we oh, go. Yeah. There we go. Oh, dude, that that dude's going off on the Kungas. Come on. No, I could whoop your ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is a funky, delicious, and adjudicated version of the Wiki Geek. Good God, now! We know the thoughts to blow a hip out here. Oh, so good. <laughs> I did not expect the People's Court theme to go that hard. It'd been a long time since I listened to that. And as you I was listening I... to the pre show, I was like, Wow, that's our, that's our good. love, our, our our love of these uh, of of these these funkalicious themes from from shows such as People's Court and Chips is oh, <laughs> dude, Barney Miller. Yeah, oh, there we go. We should get some Barney Miller in here. Starsky and Hutch. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, Sanford and Son. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> good Just lord. A- <laughs> that's it. I I think oh. so. I think so. so. Good. All right. Anyways, we should get to the main topic, which the main uh, events, the main, which was not the main event of WrestleMania 13. It was actually. not. It was not. But it, it, we we're going to do a WrestleMania should've. 13 rewatch. Uh, you may ask yourself, why Uncle Todd and man they called him? Are we going to to WrestleMania 13 and why Austin versus Hart? Well, 
I will answer the the question thusly. Uh, the context behind this is is quite interesting because this feud was built in in a very uh, organic and system you know systematic way, it's going all the way back to uh, August of '96, when uh, basically Steve Austin um, going back to '96, like WrestleMania 12, a heart. Uh, versus Michaels in the Ironman match. Hart loses that match. Michael starts his world title run. Hart goes away for a while. And in August, Steve Austin, out of the blue, who is starting to become this, he's starting to gain some steam as a, as a heel, as a personality. Um, and he starts calling out Bret Hart. And, uh, and, and doing so in a way that uh, is is edgy, disrespectful, but you know, compelling in, in that you want to see Bret Hart come in and, and, and whoop on him. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so we start this feud and, and we, we get a few matches, um, that, uh, you, you know, that, that, that really kind of launched this in, in the direction of, of this match in WrestleMania 13. Before I get into the matches real quick, I have been a, a fan of Steve Austin going all the way back to like 93, 94. When I was at college, I was, I, I had TBS for the first time. Cause I don't think we really had TBS where we lived. Um, or, I, I don't remember ever watching TBS, hmm. but I got I to watch WCW either. Saturday night. And Steve Austin at the time was tagging with Brian Pillman as the Hollywood Blondes. Mm. He was he was a character even then. Like there was something about him that both on the mic and in the ring, you just he he was just a compelling act. You know that 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 you just you know enjoyed watching, and uh, so it was very fun to see his evolution coming into WWE as the ringmaster, turning into Steve Austin, turning into Stone Cold Steve Austin, and so when he gets into this feud, Austin and Hart first face off uh, in at the nineteen ninety six Survivor Series. Uh, with Hart winning uh, basically with a pinfall kind of out of nowhere. It, it, it was a highly contested match, but Bret Hart pulls it out, you know, kind of like we talked about with Punk, kind of as the veteran who pulls out, you know, just, just some some uh, maneuvers that allows him to, you know, get the pin out of nowhere. So Austin loses that match. Then we get to Royal Rumble 97, which is, you know, highlighted by uh, Austin sitting on the turnbuckle after clearing the ring and kind of looking at his wrist when he's wearing no watch. Uh, that was which, great. Which was hysterical. Um, but in this Royal Rumble, Austin actually gets eliminated, but the referees don't see it and they don't call it. And so he climbs back into the ring and continues to compete because no one has officially eliminated him. So the match keeps going. Uh, Hart, uh, Hart's in the ring as well throws some guys out. It's down to Austin and Hart. Hart thinks he's won, doesn't realize Austin is still in this. And then Austin kind of sneaks in and throws Hart over the top rope, wins the match. So Austin is slowly now becoming this thorn in Bret Hart's side. And then we get to In Your House 13, Final Four, which is in February of, of 97. Austin versus Vader versus Undertaker versus... I mean, this is a pretty... pretty compelling main event match for the WWE title when you have Steve Austin, yeah. Vader, Undertaker, and Bret Hart. Like, those are some significant names from the 90s. If um, only they'd taken Vader a little more seriously. Yeah. It would have yeah. been, it could have been, like, really good. Uh, it, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Hart ends up winning that match. He becomes the WWE champion. The next night on Raw, Hart then defends the championship against Psycho Sid. 
or Sid Vicious, Sid Justice, as some may know him as, for the WWE title. Austin costs Hart the title in that match. So again, Austin is like this constant, like just point of annoyance for breath to hit man heart he is just always there he's harassing him in promos he's interfering in his matches finally leads to wrestlemania 13 and then just before that raw um or, or the raw before wrestlemania 13 Hart fights sid in a cage match and Austin actually tries to help Hart win the match so that he's the champion when he goes to fight him at WrestleMania 13, <laughs> which is absolutely genius. I mean, what, oh, yeah. a, what a what a way to play that. Well, anyways, he ends up costing Hart the match. Hart loses and snaps, and this is where he cuts a very profane and edgy promo that you just never thought you'd hear from this vanilla baby face who has always been this good guy, Bret Hart, um, where he feels he's getting screwed over by the company. No, nothing, you know, McMahon's not doing anything about Austin. It kind of starts this whole revelation of, of McMahon being, you know, the boss um, without really calling him that, but mm. it all leads into this match. And this match is not a regular match. It is a submission match, which means, the uh, you, you have to get your your opponent to quit or or, or essentially submit. Um, and of course, this plays into Bret Hart being a submission specialist and Austin being more of a brawler. So uh, so that's a little context. Any any comments on that, sir, before we uh, move on? Only that I, I this was at a time when I was not watching wrestling. So I'm I've I've caught up on this somewhat piecemeal in a, in a kind of a backwards fashion through history, but I, yes. I didn't, I have not, I did not really keep up with this as it was going along. Uh, yeah. When I first started watching wrestling with you, uh, well, starting to watch it again after like the eighties, um, Austin was already like the biggest thing in, yeah. you know, in the world. So yeah. uh, this is all kind of new territory to me, but I, I kind of peripherally knew about this as like backstory. Yeah. And, and the, the A&E show WWE Rivals does a fantastic job of, yes. of highlighting what I just talked about because they, they really put a focus on how antagonistic Austin was and, and the way, you know, we, we talked about this match being a double turn, but one of the reasons why it was a double turn is because it's one of these cases of the antagonist has pushed the protagonist so far that they feel they have no other choice but to basically go to to the antagonist level and and do so in their mind justifiably because they have been persecuted for so long but the problem is when when Bret Hart starts doing some of those things it's the antithesis of what a good guy typically does and so the fans turn on him and it, it's really a remarkable thing that they do because you end up having Austin who's like the anti-hero you know, ends up coming out of 13, um, you know, as we go through the match, Austin ends up, ends up losing the match. Um, but he doesn't quit. He basically passes out. And so he comes out of this match. It's one of those cases where losing, you actually win because now you've earned respect in the eyes of the fans. Um, you, you come off as tough. You come off as, as someone who doesn't quit. And now the fans are kind of behind you. Whereas Bret Hart, you know, during this match, as we'll talk about, you know, he goes to some pretty, you know, heelish lengths to, to, you know, to, to get the victory. And then mm -hmm. he does a beat down afterwards. So the, the man is passed out and then he continues to beat the passed out man down. 
<laughs> so it's like the crowd is like, what the heck are you doing? And so it's yeah. just, it's this really interesting dynamic that you, you hadn't really seen on WWE TV. And because yeah, uh, Hart had been a good guy ever since what the Hart Foundation turned yeah. face after Jimmy Hart wasn't I mean, their eight, manager like anymore. 87, 88 is, is around when the Hart Foundation went good. And yes, he was like a, good a guy. decade of being a baby face. Yeah, basically. And like white meat, like there, there's oh, yeah. like, you know, there's no hint of dark side here. No, no, no. So so this was a really, really interesting dynamic that happened that elevated Steve Austin. Um, which was what Bret Hart was trying to do, as we find out in, in, in other, you know, kind of background um, stories like, you know, Broken Skull Sessions and like Rivals. Like th- that was his intent. It was was he saw Steve Austin as this rising star and what a great way to continue to elevate him by. Mm. And, and, you know, Bret doesn't lose anything in all this. He ends up winning all of their matches, basically. You know, like Austin doesn't win this feud, but what ends up happening is, is he wins in the eyes of the fans and, and he ends up, you know, getting them on board with him. And, uh, and basically the following year is when he becomes world champion. And we, we have the birth of, of the stone cold Steve Austin era in WWE. So, um, just, just, a, I, I mean, not all feuds have this sort of build to them. And, no, and, and this no. was what was so interesting was how organic this was a lot of credit to Hart. And a lot of credit to Austin. And and as we go, as we watch this match, and and I'm going to comment on this, Austin is such a great performer because it's, and he talks about this in Broken Skull Sessions, is the focus he has on the little things, the little things he does in a match to really, you know, uh, enunciate and exemplify what his opponent is doing to him and what he's doing to his opponent is, I think, what makes him such a draw and such an entertaining performer. Indeed. So, uh, any other comments before we go to the actual viewing, sir? No, except that this will be my first time watching this match. I've I've ah. never watched this match. I've seen highlights. I've seen tidbits of it. I've never seen the match in its entirety. So, I'm actually pretty excited about this. I'm excited to hear your reaction to some things. All right. So, we uh, we have this queued up on the Peacock. Yes. And our timestamp is 1 hour, 21 minutes and zero seven seconds. Yes. So if you can find your way to get there uh, with Peacock's absolutely crap-tastic interface. Ah, yes. Um, Commercials it, abounding. The The funny part is, like, the, their online... I found that their online interface is much better than if you're watching it on, like, an Apple TV or you're watching it on your smart TV. Like, trying to fast-forward, like, it gives you no indication of where you're at. Like, it doesn't give you the little preview where yeah. you're scrubbing forward. Nothing. It's like, just take a guess. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. The only thing that's worse, actually, and uh, just a quick side note, the new Max app, which, mm. if you decide you don't want to watch the next episode of something, you essentially have to exit out of the app and then go back into it because it once it locks into that like next episode up in twelve seconds, it doesn't matter. You try and yeah. you try and menu out of that. It goes nope. You're gonna watch the next episode. Not having it. <laughs> no, that's not what I want to do. Uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah, one twenty one oh seven is our timestamp for this. All right. You want to count us in, sir? This is this is your deal. All right. Well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. WrestleMania 13, Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret the Hitman Hart in a submission match. Three. Oh, and before I forget, 
Ken Shamrock, Ken Shamrock, special yes. guest referee of USC fame. He had not he had not entered WWE as a competitor yet, but he, this is his first appearance in a WWE program uh, as a special guest referee, which will come into play later on. All Very right. Nice. With all that being said, three, two, one. Here we go. Oh, and we've got the WrestleMania song. I mean. This is like overly cheesy, happy music. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Da, 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 WrestleMania. Good old, oh my gosh, could they have found a smaller shirt for him? That's yeah, like Shamrock. a child. That's like a child's medium. Shamrock Good was God. jacked. Good Lord. You I know he was doing. He, he does the pose, and then he's just kind of like, I'm going to sit in the corner now. <laughs> That dude was doing curls and push-ups in the in the a gorilla to get pumped to Good come out for Lord. this. That is hysterical. So who do we got? Uh, we got Jr. and and Vince on uh, commentary for this. Jr. Vince and uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Ah. Now this is kind of cool. Most entrances are pretty vanilla. I love it. I love the jaw jack and Austin does. Yeah. But watch what happens here, because this doesn't seem like much, but this was kind of big for an entrance. I love the shattered glass. Yeah. And now that watch was what cool. Austin does. I, I love how he just like just jaw jacks at nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, he's great. <laughs> and and that was always his thing. Like, no matter yes. if he was a good guy or a bad guy, he came through that curtain and he was just just he, talking. He was pissing and moaning about something. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like he couldn't find a good parking spot or they didn't have his favorite soap in the shower. But or, that's you know. what I talk about with him with the little things. Like, it's such a little detail, but it's like it's so eye catching and it makes you want to watch him. You know, it's now, like, I mean, Grant, it's he's crazy. getting boos here. But did you see the sheer number of Austin 316? Like, yes, signs yes. just in that shot. Come on. Yeah, I, that's another point of context is this is after King of the Ring. So he's already had the Austin three. The transformation to Stone Cold has happened. So there is yeah. a Austin 316 move. I love this. I love this. Goes into Shamrock's face and is doing the slapping motion with his hand. Yeah. <laughs> is there a better intro theme than the original Austin like, music? So. You hear that shattering glass. It's like, oh, it's on. Oh, my gosh. He is phenomenal. Oh, the thing. Right. Here comes the vanilla baby face. Brett the Hitman Heart. And I love the fact now, too, granted, they even call out in commentary. It's like, hey, watch out for the glass. <laughs> granted, I mean, Brett's theme song is not bad. No, it, it was very cool for the time. It was oh, very yeah. cool for the time. Uh, Howard Finkel, man. Oh, oh the Fink. There's only one of a kind. Yeah, step over that broken glass. Jack Perry, he's got some things to say about that. <laughs> oh, God. you got to bring it back to Jungle Gym, huh? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, <sighs> one detail that I like about this is watch what Brett does. So he takes his jacket off, and his gimmick at the time was always giving his glasses to a fan. But watch the look on his face when he does it. Like, it's nothing against the fan, right? But he doesn't look happy. You know what no. I mean? Like he, no. There, there's no joy in that face at all. He, he is business. Now watch what Austin does here. Here comes Brett looks to the side. Ah. Now he goes. <laughs> that's great. That I is so it. great. Oh and that's like gosh. knowing where the camera is and everything. Like just that little look to the side. Yep. Now, Uncle Todd, I have to warn you, this is going to move at a quite brisk pace compared to Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. 
Good God, anything. The glaciers moving across <laughs> the plains of Canada moves faster than those matches. Look I mean, at this. Look this at this. Is, this is an intense brawl, man. I mean, action, st- like things happening. Oh. Holy crap. They oh, start out just wailing on each other. Austin's kicks are always the best. Like, he doesn't just kick. He always, like, gets it, gets himself. Like, look there. He always has to support Ooh. himself, you know? Oh, phenomenal. Oh. Phenomenal. Headlock. Oh! Boom. Into the ring post, baby. Good look Lord. At, and you got to admit, like, Shamrock is committing here. Like, he's getting in position. He's moving around. He is. I Absolutely. Mean, He's on like he's on his third cycle of steroids that week, but still, you know. Oh, I think Austin Goozled him. Oh, that's a that's a nutter butter shot. Um. Oh, and the oh, that's oh clothesline off of the crotched opponent on the on the barricade. What is that dude in the flannel? Come. On. Hey, there's Lou Wait, Albano, baby. I was, Lou is Albano. that Lou Albano? Yeah, I was going to say that's like, that's like discount Lou Albano, but no, it's it's the real Lou Albano. Oof. Look at Shamrock. Like he is taking this so seriously. Yeah. It's great. It is fantastic. All right. <laughs> no one now, no one told him that this was actually predetermined. <laughs> we we are working up to one of my favorite spots in all of wrestling. Here it here it is. Oh yeah. Here it is. There it is. <laughs> Drinks the Coke, throws it down on heart. I love it. I love it. And that exactly guy is what over a there. Should do. That guy's over there with a cameraman, like, "Hey, I, I need two fifty. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be short. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired over this." I mean, for the time, it was oh pretty my gosh, incredible. Look at these fans, like, this is mayhem. It, like, it, there's no, there's no security, no nothing. Austin's looking for another Coke. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe a hot dog, perhaps. Maybe. Um, I mean, ECW, this was kind of a staple of ECW, but going into the crowd like this, like WWE did not do this a lot. Well, no, and and you can tell because like now when they do these shots, like it is so well clear. There is no fans around like and I imagine part of that is liability. Yeah. But I mean, it does lose a bit of like the charm of it being like, oh, my gosh, like someone the guy just rubbed Bret Hart's hair. What the heck? Good. Look at him. He's had. And he, there he is in his members-only jacket, all excited. How do you as a wrestler not react to that? I mean, Bret Hart showing some real, like, composure there, not, like, reacting to the guy rubbing his head. Jeez, I'm crow. When right now, you can barely even tell what's going on. Stone Cold's going for a pile driver. Look at Wolfman Jack oh, there in his this. striped... There he goes. <laughs> I can't, I can't even tell what the hell happened. What, what just happened there? I'm looking at Wolfman Jack there in his, in his gray and white T-shirt there. Yeah, no kidding. You know, it's funny. Shamrock is both referee and like crowd control. It's very interesting. Well, I mean, who's going to mess with Shamrock in his spandex bike shorts? It's probably telling Brett and Austin, like, get back. Just get into the ring area for crying out loud. I've already had five people grab my ass. Can we get back in the ring, please? (laughs) Dear God. We've already had one coat go down in infamy. So here we go. Look at him. He's leading them back. Like, follow me. (laughs) Lead you to freedom. He's like, good God, we're back out of here. Ken Shamrock oh is Spartacus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. Hart doing the the turnbuckle yep. leap onto him from from the, like on the outside railing. That you never saw that. Not you know, a lot. like the and and Hart with like you know the little things on his just like even the ring gear, like the spats yeah. on his sho- on his boots. Like no one else did that. Yeah, it, 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 it's something very unique now, about. You know, they didn't do a lot of these like step spots the way that they do now. And no, like Hart 
committed to that. I mean, you oh, see yeah. how far those steps move? I mean, he went with some velocity on that. Good. I mean, Lord. that's sort of like when whenever Mick Foley would like get suplexed or something and he would clip it. Oh, there's the double birds. There's a double boom. There it is. Austin he, off the ring. And he would taking clip on, the heart out the stairs and it's always that thing where you're like ah like mm-hmm. that is just full commitment like it's gonna it, this is going to suck but it's gonna look great on tape i love this watch this oh oh <laughs> i am surprised oh. okay i am surprised austin did not blow out his acl did you because if you see how his leg bends when he falls well, down that that's was how that's how he got his second knee brace right there probably, <laughs> probably. yeah yeah exactly oh my gosh that was insane. So Austin lifted the stair, the steel stairs above his head, and then Bret Hart like kicks him. But when he falls over, his right leg just folds. It's like I mean, you do know that people are supposed to be watching this with us. Well, I, I, I'm trying to give them a little color, as <laughs> as you know, in case they're not. Maybe they're just Tim listening thinks that in this is car. over the radio. Well, and now it could let me be. tell you, coming from the from the live from the uh... maybe Jimmy Dice is listening as he takes one of his trips for work or something you know yeah, sure, sure. he's going he's going to norway and he's listening to this to a match he can't watch wow this what is sort exciting. of entertainment what sort of lack of entertainment do you have on a plane to be doing that all right anyways uh what Spinning was that neck breaker by brett the hitman hard i'm gonna call this one. <laughs> oh my gosh does that mean i have to do the jerry lawler puppies puppies oh, good god please don't gosh brett was so crisp Look at uh, Shamrock had like five cups of coffee and a five and en- five, five hour energy before this match. He's moving like crazy. Well, he is. But what's you know, one I, I did watch this earlier during my that my was break. OK. Now that right there, that move where he where he he grabs the leg and then he yeah. goes over like that. Yeah, I've I don't think I've ever seen anyone except Hart do that. Yeah, like, that's that was fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, him, Flair, guys like who would typically work on legs. Yeah. Um, you know, as part of their uh, as part of their uh, move repertoire, um, not a lot of them, and, and especially these days where it's all fast paced like action, like it's just yeah. not it's not done anymore. No, well, and um, so and, and actually uh, something I wanted to mention earlier, the whole in the CM Punk uh, Samoa Joe match, did you did you uh, apparently uh, CM Punk did the spinning toe hold? Oh yeah, yep. As a, as a little homage to uh, to yep. Terry Funk. That was yes. beautiful. Spinning to a hold, and then they, they did a whole sequence where he did the the Hogan leg drop, and then Samoa Joe uh, started hulking up after that, which was oh, yeah. kind of homage to him, which was funny. And I and I love how how they they worked in a couple of Samoa Joe nopes, like just yes. nope, like just walks away, like yep. that. Oh, it's such a great thing. Anyways, uh, so Hart's still Joe working on the legs. Appreciated, by the way. Um, oh, totally. I I think WWE screwed the pooch when they got rid of him, which was stupid. Yeah. But um. Oh, that one did hit home. Now, one thing I was going to say about Shamrock, as much as like you're saying how active he is and stuff, but at the same time, how he's not, you know, he's not making himself the focal point of the match though. Like he's 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 no, playing not at the all. ref's role very. You know, he's almost like not there, which is. Well, it's- a sign it, of it, doing a good job, you know? Yeah. It, it, to me, I guess it's just shocking because we're so used to so many guest referees absolutely sucking at the job. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, he's actually doing a fairly good job. Like he, he, he's kind of almost, I mean, the thing that sets him apart is the fact that, you know, he's got like the freaking, you know, the shirt and the bicycle shorts that are both five sizes too small. Yeah. Um, it's amazing amazing he has any circulation left but austin selling it, it seems like it could be like kyota or, Her- yeah. or hebner or oh, anyone 
Oh. Oh, oh yeah, this spot. <laughs> Flair never this did it, cool. but Bret Hart did. The figure four on the ring post. Oh, yeah. And I, I was going to comment, too. Austin selling his leg. Look, look at this. Yep. If this was now, the match would be over because that was a tap out. Yeah. They, they hadn't they hadn't moved to the tap out approach yet. It was all verbal, I think. Yeah. But my God, um, the way Austin sells his leg, though, is just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it totally it's one of those deals where it's like it's it's not always just the move that the guy's doing. It's how your opponent sells it. Yep. And Austin is making Hart look like a million bucks, and of course, Hart, you know Hart's making Austin look good because that's what he does. And, and and what a great pacing to the match! You start off with this wild, you know, raucous brawl, and yeah. now it's like slowed down into this like methodical dissection of the leg. And now here we get into Hart's like heelish ten. I, I love this. Hart picks up the padded chair. No, no, I don't want no pads. I want pure metal, yeah. baby. Pure metal on that chair. Well, and the, and the thing is, like, even though it's slowed down now, it is still like not lightning speed it, compared to Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Well, I wasn't going to go there, but I'm I'm just saying, like, in terms of like, it's still interesting. Yes. Like, it's not. Yes. It doesn't get to a boring point. Like, okay, now they need to rest because I'm so used to high spot, high spot, high spot. Yeah. It like there, it's it's tension, it's drama, it's it's telling that story. Yeah. Now this is interesting because he was gonna, you know, potentially use that to. I love, well, now, and, and so the best part about the swing, that, the off balance swing, is that not his? Like, like look at him, the way he yeah. sells it. Yeah, but the best part of that is, like, when Hart was getting up on the top turnbuckle, yep. he was he was paying he was paying attention to where his feet were, so he did not legitimately in character see where austin was yes because there's so many times that stuff happens now where it's like the guy is looking directly at the guy who's about to swing on him it's like why wouldn't you move you're you're making eye contact with him you know yeah it's it's again it's those little things where hearts obviously thinking like well what would happen i i wouldn't i would see him right I've got to be looking down. Bret Hart into the turnbuckle. My God, that, oh, that yeah, guy he, knew how oh. to throw himself with velocity and make yep. it look nice. Painful. Crisp suplex by Austin. Oh, yeah. oh no, yeah. Hart sold that. Always sold that so well. But looked those like Austin it looked like chair his... shots were just ridiculous. Yeah. And and again, it's the detail that he puts into like how animated he is when he does it. It's so good. Nice elbow off the top from Austin. Yep. And still selling the leg a little bit, a little yep. bit better now, you know, but. I mean, just a nice back and forth to this match. Oh. Is he going for the sharpshooter? No, no, he goes for the old kick him in the gut. Mm, the meat and <laughs> two edge. Hiding his eyes. I love it. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Jim. This is not for the weak at heart. Russian leg sweep. There we oh, go. There it is. Oh, what's what? What the oh, heck he's is going this? For like this. Uh, it, I think this is a form of like an octopus hold. How much do you want to bet that like Brett was working with him on this earlier? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Let me show you a couple holds, eh? <laughs> well, and, and this was part of the story going into this. Like this, this match favors Brett because Austin is was not known as a submission specialist. He was known as a brawler. So yeah. it's like his ability to win this match is solely based oh, on him beating good old Stu. Oh, Boston Crab. Here we go. Austin going for the Boston Crab. Another submission hold. There it is. 
Yeah, Austin gets in a couple of submission holds here. I mean, and and I don't know. It doesn't. I mean, honestly. So what? Uh, uh, I mean, it it looks pretty good. I mean, Austin's selling it like a million bucks, you know. But obviously, we know this isn't the end. Yeah. Jerry, <laughs> I'm a lip reader. I'm a oh, lip God. reader. He's saying I quit. Now again. <laughs> You know, this is all based on the submission, not on them saying I quit. So they they didn't dream up the gimmick yet that they did with Rock and McFoley, where it's like you know they record yeah. saying I quit and then play it over the loudspeaker. Oh my god! But man, the 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 viciousness of these two. I mean, again, organic feud. Oh, here we go. At, Austin's teasing the, the sharp smile. Shooter, baby. Look at the smile on Austin's face. Look like at the it, smugness in the way he does. Oh, oh there yeah. we go. A little eye rake. There we go. Brett with the eye rake. I'm not letting him do the sharpshooter. Again, like a, a low-level heel move, but we're starting to see that, yeah, we're starting to see all those, like you were saying, the heelish tendencies coming out. What do you out. think so far? This is your first time watching this. Dude, this is a, this is a fracking great match. I, I wish I wish we saw more stuff like this in pay per views now. Like, well, and actually, in my another thing, I, there there kind of was one like this. But uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah, this is a great pacing. You know, some great moves also mixed in with brawling. You know, there's a it's it's the three ring circus approach. There's a little something for everybody. You know, but it's it's not just over the entire card. It's kind of in this match. Like they're giving you a little bit of technical wrestling, a little submission. They're giving you some brawls. Yeah, and and some comedy, like hitting the guy, hitting him with a coke. I mean, come on, got to chuckle too. Got to hit him with the coke. What uh, what else do you want? WrestleMania 13 uh, emanating from the Rosemont Horizon here in Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, who is that? Oh, who is that on the? I think it's probably one that? of the Spanish commentators. Oh, okay, yeah, I was gonna say that. It looked like Ross, but I'm like, oh, there wasn't a cowboy hat. I love this. Watch Hart. Austin's just like, oh my gosh, just peppering him with punches, and he's like hanging off of the uh, the fence there. And Shamrock is like right there. He's almost like he's almost. Oh, and now we got some blood. We got some color, Austin's, baby. Got some color. Austin is is he's not bust. Oh yeah, he is busted wide open. You can already see the blood dripping onto the mat. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's. This is where it gets. You're just kind of like, dang, this guy's bleeding pretty severely. <laughs> Now, it, has there been any like did he did he gig himself? Did he cut himself, or or was this like actually busting hard away? Like, when I watched this you know? earlier, I was trying to see where he would have done it. I, if he did, it was really well hidden. It was really well hidden. So where where did he? Is it like an eyebrow? Because I mean, I I know from it's, Mick Foley's. it's the left side of his head. And man, if he gigged himself, he gigged a vein because holy moly, yeah. is he bleeding out like a stuck pig? Oh yeah, because that's the thing I think of is like he must have like if he did cut himself like he he bladed himself he must have done gone way too deep. Yeah, because that's that is I mean he's already got the crimson mask. I mean look at I mean look at the amount of blood that's on his arm. It's it's yeah. it's severe. And like I mean look at it. It's just flowing. It is yep. dripping. And now wow. and, and look at the crowd. I mean like. Like, let's go with the idea that, 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 you know, this this was part of the plan with the match, right? I mean, what a great – this is a way where color actually adds something to the match. And I think they talk yeah. about this in the Broken Skull sessions. Like, And Hart's even still getting some cheers here, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's still babyface here. He's still babyfacing. But Austin's in trouble. He's bleeding. Wow, look at that just dripping. Like, yep. Oh. Uh, 
like not like flowing like a faucet, but if you if you if you sh- don't shut the faucet off all the way, like that kind of a drip. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. dude! Bret Hart always wow. had the best backbreakers. I mean, just they look just vicious. And that and that elbow off the second turnbuckle, yes. again, just looks so good. Everything that dude does looks so good. Oh, love the use of the chair on the leg. Nicely yep. done. And specifically the one with a knee brace. Yep. Well, and but he's consistent because that's the one he was working on earlier. Yep. Totally. So consistency in the uh consistency in, in, in the application of the uh of the oh, chair. He's a sharpshooter. Is he gonna get locked in? Oz is fighting him, he's got the hair. There's oh. an eye rake. Another eye rake. Oh my gosh, look at that. It's like someone just painted Austin's head for yes. frack's sake. Yep. Dang. Yeah. This the, this it's like is... it's like someone took a roller full of red paint and just smeared it across the dude's freaking yep. dome. Oh yep. my gosh. Look at the mat. I know the mat, the mat just looks filthy. It is incredible. Look at Austin, like when he gets punched, like just as the way he oh. reacts when he's like punched. <laughs> I love that cell. I love the cell of the crotch kick. Just falls like a sack of crap. And like and exactly I love as call. you would. I love Ross's call. This is from coming down from Saskatoon. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. JR, phenomenal color commentator. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Gosh. But man, is Austin just oh my gosh. Playing it up. Yeah, Austin is a stud. Here we go. Watch this. Oh man, no one does that better than Bret Hart. Looks I mean, like his soul's coming out of his body. <laughs> threw himself into the turnbuckle. Here we go. Yep. Stomping a Stomp. mud hole in him. Yep. Walking it dry. <laughs> and there's oh, the double birds. And get some Lord. cheers, getting some cheers. I, I'd say it's about 50-50 right now. Crowd is with them through, you know, from beginning to end. I mean, there is just, this is just a raucous sort of brawl match. It's crazy. Oh, here we go. Oh, we're going for the superplex. Going for the superplex. Although, I think in this case, they only go from the second rope, not from the top. But uh, true, we'll take it. I love Austin playing it up. Look at that. Yep. Playing up the 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 trauma of the move. Oh, dear God. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, he, he is a bloody mess. He is an absolute bloody mess right now. Oh, hangs on. Oh, look, at, he just touched the turnbuckle, and the turnbuckle is now mostly red. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Austin grabbing, not the chair, but the microphone cable. <laughs> wow. Or I guess an extension cord, according to Jerry Lawler. Now we're, oh. Oh, and there's the, there, <laughs> Chekhov's ring bell. There it is. Oh, great use of the ring bell. Great use of the ring bell. Look Doesn't at the on heart. Jeez, I'm close. Oh, yeah. Doesn't doink him with the actual bell, though. He gets him with the backing board. Yes. Yes. 
Uh-oh. Oh, we're going for sharpshooter number two. Here we go. And is he going to get him turned? And there it is. And now begins the legend of Stone Cold, ladies and gentlemen, right here. The sharpshooter has been applied. Oh, my gosh. And watch what happens here. He's going to try to power out once. Oh my God, dude! Look, look, oh. look at how look at though how the blood adds so much to it, though. I mean, the way yep. he's struggling, it is just incredible. And of course, every strain is going to pump the blood out even that much more. Yep, I love. And he's this. wiping it all over the mat. He starts to fade. I mean, look at it come out! Holy moly! Oh yeah. And Shamrock, like you mentioned, he is committed. Like, listen to him. He's like. <laughs> Here he goes. And now here's the iconic Jeez. one. Here's the iconic visage of Stone Cold Steve Austin, blood going down the tooth. Oh, my gosh, dude. He's trying to power out. I love how they do this. So he powers out, <laughs> but Brett doesn't let it go. And look at him yeah. struggle. He's trying to get out of it. He can't And he do put it. himself in a worse situation because he's closer to the middle of the ring now. Right. Oh, it's such a great detail. Austin is fighting. Here it goes. Listen to Shamrock. Do you give up? <laughs> oh, Austin's not responding. Shamrock's calling it. Get off him, Brett. Yep. Austin is out. He has lost. Brett Hart is victorious. He has avenged himself. But at what cost? But is it a satisfying win? We shall see. Not looking pleased. Not looking I, I satisfied. Brett's got some blood on his upper lip that he just wiped off. Thank you very much. Yep. I mean, quite honestly, Austin was bleeding everywhere, so it's not hard <laughs> for that to happen. Jesus yeah, bro. I'm pretty sure there's people in the third row who have, you know, have to go wipe themselves down. Good Lord. So Brett is one. He's so, I mean, look at the pool of blood on the mat. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. ridiculous. I mean, you talked about, you know, Brock Lesnar having a pool of sweat, you yeah. know, oil slick of sweat. I mean, I got to imagine if you if you tinted that, that's what you'd wind up with after a Brock's match. A little bit of my OCDs kicking in because I'm thinking, you know, open wound on that mat is probably not the most clean environment. <laughs> oh no, are you Good kidding? God, hopefully they just oh. doused him in hydrogen peroxide right through the right through the curtain. Oh my gosh, and still selling it like Austin He's is out. out. He's out. Oh, here we go. And now the heelishness begins. Let the hate flow through you. Do it. Brett just like, just going to town on his leg, going for the sharp. Oh, I love this. And now we have Ken Shamrock. Well, well, German Brett Hart around. I love how he goes into the fighting stance. Oh, yeah. Boom. Brett's like, what the heck is up with you? Don't you know who I am? I'm only talking about Shaft. Oh, and here's here's Shamrock getting hulking up. Oh, he is again. That that the the ro let the roids flow through you. <laughs> <laughs> 
And here's the remarkable thing. Bret Hart is leaving the ring to a chorus of booze. Yeah. When he entered as the hero. Still slapping hands, but he's not. Oh, oh he just flipped yeah. off somebody. Ooh, little attitude. Oh, yeah. Bret Hart, not a happy camper. No, not at all. <laughs> and Austin, like, damn, son. Can't you, see anything. You little snug with that sharpshooter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here we go. And the ref is ref's gonna take that Whoa, one. Oh, that was that was a nasty looking stunner. Well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> where's <laughs> Austin? Just st- like drunk stumbling. And here is where Austin earns the respect of the fans, and we start getting the cheers. Just walking out on his own. He may have lost, he may be defeated, he may be bleeding like a stuck pig, but he is walking out under his own power. Yep. Again, Austin chant. Listen to the crowd. Chanting his name. This was the remarkable part of this match, is these two came in as very different reactions from the crowd, and they left with literally the opposite reaction. Heart being booed. Austin being cheered and adulated. And, and I like uh, the fact that they didn't go with, they didn't play his theme here. Yes. Yes. Great detail. Let the, hear the crowd. Great detail. That's a nice touch. As he just limps his way back to the locker room. I mean, the whole way, like he's still limping. It's crazy. Yeah. Like the crowd oh, no. can't even see him and he's still limping. Yep. It's a, it's a little things. Yep. Totally right. All right. Oh. Well, sir, your first viewing of this match, what uh, what do you think? Oh, dude, that's a 5 out of 5. That is that was so good. That, so good. That was an incredible match. I I two absolute masters of the craft. I yes. mean, very different styles, but masters of the craft. I believe I witnessed this uh I was still living at, at home in college. Um my in uh, my parents' basement, and I was watching it with a couple friends, and uh, yeah, we we were all just like floored. It, it it was a match that played with violence, like in a way that wrestling matches don't normally play with violence. Which which you saw, like like the brawl was just wild. Um, the 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 bleeding with Austin was just something that just didn't normally happen. Um, and well, yeah, especially WWF. I oh, mean, yeah. I don't think, and and yeah. but but. Like, like we've been talking about, these two as performers were detail-oriented, knew how to tell a story in the ring, and were just so crisp in what they did um, and, and so animated in what they did that it just, I mean, just they played off each other so well. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it's, it's about, I, I, sh- I, I hesitate to say there's a perfect match, but for these two, this was a perfect match yeah. for, for these two styles coming together and, 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 and the interplay in between them and the story and the way it was executed for the time and place that this took, that this happened. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know how you, I don't know how you improve on it. I really don't. No, no. I mean, it, it was just, it, and it's funny because yeah, we, we watch other matches and, and I've, I've appreciated at times the way during Roman Reigns three year, you know, reign, 
how some of his main events have gone because there's this big fight feel, you know, with him coming down to the ring, you know, his music, the the way he and Heyman are. And, you know, at, at times his matches, you know, we talk about the Jey Uso match, you know, being that snail's pace, but there's times when that pace had worked, but, but there's still something lacking from it, you know, like, like that was in this match that you don't see in these matches now. And I think well, it's the, the difference, the, yeah, the difference between like Jay Uso and Sami Zayn. Yeah, in in yeah. the Zayn match, there was tension building. Yes, yes. In the Jay Uso match, it didn't feel like that, and I don't know if yeah. that's a, I, I I don't know how whose fault that is. If it's a creative decision that it was then told, oh no, you're going this long, and they're like, no. I don't know what it was, but it it just for whatever reason it didn't take. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and I think some of it comes down to who, who they are as competitors. I mean, you know, Jey Uso is one half of a tag team. He's an aerial flyer. You know, it's, it's you know, there, there's an element of, I mean, Bret Hart, when he broke up with Jim Neidhart and kind of went on his singles run, it took him a little bit to get into his rhythm. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and I think that's where Jey Uso is right now. I think he's getting the crowd reaction. I think the crowd is into him. But as a wrestler on his own in a singles sort of situation, there's still a rhythm and, and, you know, what is his style? Yeah. Like, like, <clears throat> like what is, what, what is he about? How, how does he approach, you know, matches? I mean, Brett established himself as a technical, you know, the excellence of execution, the, the submission specialist. And, you know, Austin was the brawler. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when you look at someone like a Jey Uso going against Roman Reigns, what is Jey Uso? You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I can't tell you, you know, because I, I, I don't know what he's about. You know, I, I know what he's about from a storyline perspective, but not in the ring. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, there's, there's so much going on around the ring, you know, with Solo and everything else that it's just, it, in some ways, it takes away from it a little bit, you know? Oh, totally, totally. But, I mean, and this, again, no interference, no run-ins, no shenanigans, no, the, the special guest referee yep. was a referee and mm-hmm. he was there and he was there at the end to kind of, you know, be the one to put the fire out and to drive bread off dole out justice. But aside from that, it was just these two and yeah. it's not something you see now because it's always about the run in and the, this and the, that, and, Oh my gosh, the surprise person and the swerve. And this was just a great story. And mm-hmm. you managed to cleanly pull off this switch in, in characters. Yep. Fantastic. Utterly fantastic. Absolutely. Five-star match. Mm-hmm. Easily. Got, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Easily. And another thing. Well, sir, uh, what do you have for in another thing? Because I have a feeling, because uh, I'm cheating and looking that wide, uh, I have a feeling that it might play into our previous discussion here. I have a theme. I have a theme. Ah, good. Uh, Jack Perry's greatest hits. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> And by so, hits, I mean hits through the glass. But, so uh, a, a quick minute and a half video. Okay, cool. Indeed. Uh, ooh, that was. Cool. You can watch it while you're taking a whiz. It's. It, oh, good lord! Hopefully not. Um, no, my end another thing away. is uh, keeping with the theme of Austin Hart and and this this monumental match was the Broken Skull Sessions uh, show uh, on the Peacock that uh, Steve Austin conducted, that the interview he conducted with Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, 
really a, just just a, a great interview between you know two guys who very much respect one another. Um, Austin just several times similarly on, on the Rivals show on A and E, um, giving all credit, all you know, um, uh, not adulation, but but just. Um, really praising Bret Hart for, I mean, he, he, he says flat out, there would be no stone cold without Bret Hart. And, and, and he recognizes this and, and he knows the importance of this feud in the establishment of his character and, and his character's ascension from being just a superstar to being someone who, you know, transcends, you know, wrestling as a whole. And, uh, and, and this match was a massive part in making him, um, mm-hmm. this, this, as we talked about, you know, during, the rewatch, um, you know, established, you know, f- firmly established the toughness of the Stone Cold character, um, which would continue to play out throughout 97 into 98 when he would capture his first world title from Shawn Michaels. So, uh, you know, this interview, I mean, Austin, as we've talked about, is has just really come into his own as an interviewer. But you can tell in this discussion with Bret Hart how how fond he is of his career and, and the impact he had not only on, on, you know, Austin's career, but on the career of so many. And so uh, just, just a great conversation all around. So I just, uh, I, I think I've mentioned this before, so this is kind of a retread, but I, I would just mention it again, that if you haven't, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, and you haven't seen this, um, or if you're not a fan and just, you know, want to understand kind of the interplay between two guys who played, uh, antagonist and protagonist against one another um, in the ring and the respect they have for one another. Um, just, just a phenomenal conversation with, with a lot of great Steve Austin throwing the hands up <laughs> and, and talking about how he's a little snug here and there with their matches. And I know, so, I mean, apologizing some 20 years later. It's 20 a little years snug later. there, a little snug, like, uh, oh my gosh. I think he's over it, Steve. I, I think, think he. I think he makes a comment about the Coke. Uh, you, you, you know, <laughs> drinking the Coke and slamming him with it. Uh, I mean, it's just so funny, you, you know, yeah. to see him him in action that way and 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 interview the way that he does. So, yeah, Broken Skull Sessions with Bret Hart would be my my high recommendation. Yeah, and I'll second that. Uh, and and pretty much all of the Broken Skull Sessions, the, even yeah. even in some yeah. of the ones that I don't find quite as interesting. Austin really does do a good job of of pulling things out of people and also managing to discuss stuff. Mm-hmm. And he 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 walks that line very well. Like you said, he's he's really coming to his own as an interviewer. He walks the line of being able to tell a little bit of his story without dominating yes. the other person. He really yes. does he'll get his bit in, but then he gives the the guest a lot of room. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's your end another thing, sir? Uh, mine is going to come from a little bit more recently. Uh, uh, just yesterday, I I kind of was in between stuff and just kind of nothing to do. So I thought, ah, oh, well, let me let me check out what this whole you know what happened with WWE Payback, the the lead the latest pr- uh, premium live event. Because uh, I realized I'm like, oh yeah, I've still got a Peacock subscription. So well, might as well get some play out of this thing besides our our rewatch tonight. And so I started watching uh, Payback and. The first match was the Becky Lynch Trish Stratus cage match. Now, as we talked about uh, and referenced several times here, uh, the SummerSlam Roman Reigns Jay Uso match that moved at a slower pace than the Cretaceous period. Um, <laughs> apparently, Lynch and Stratus were supposed to have a match at SummerSlam, and that was cut for time in order to give the main event more time. Mm. I submit to you, commercials would have been a better use of time for 
than than giving more time to the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly, I would have much rather if I if I had watched the whole event, um, I would have much rather have had a, a Lynch Stratus match than another 15, 20 minutes of of Reigns Uso. Mm-hmm. However, I think this might have worked out to the for the best because I personally happen to think that these two ladies took this as a it might have stuck in their craw a bit yeah that they were trimmed off of the the card for SummerSlam and when they went into this match it remind there's a little bit of what you see in the the Austin Hart match of just going out there and kind of letting it all hang out yeah and really going hard um this match was i started off saying wow this is a really good match and to the, and at the end i had to text the man they called tim and and amend my analysis and say no no i was wrong this is outstanding it was an amendment i had i just looked up um trish stratus's age because she started out back way back in the day during the attitude area she was a a, a valet um mm-hmm. primarily to start out with you i mean let's say let's call it what it is uh, at that time uh women's wrestling was negligible mm-hmm. at the beginning of the attitude era uh she was eye candy yeah you know, yeah. and, and uh, I mean, uh, there's no secret here. She's a very attractive woman. And so it was like, yep, put her in some put her in some tight clothing and let her go out there and do the sex kitten thing. And and, and everyone will ogle her. Um, and then more and more became active in the ring and got to this point where she she really was a, 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 a really good ring technician. Yeah. You know, like a really good wrestler, like took yeah. herself from from. A all the way to Z. Um, and so it has had a huge impact uh, in WWE. She's Jean a Hall Lita, of Famer. by the way, had had a key feud. Yes. Yeah, the that. first women's match to ever headline mm-hmm. uh, main event Raw. Mm-hmm. Huge step forward for them, uh, which is, of course, goes to, you know, Becky Lynch being in the first, uh, she was the first main event women's uh, match to main event at WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. So... I had to look this up. Trish Stratus is 47 years old. She's as old as I am. Mm. And first of all, she looks great. And I don't mean that in like, oh my gosh, she still has the looks. No, I mean, she she is like fit in shape, mm-hmm. which to me is like, I, I am... <laughs> I am busting my arse lately just to just to try and maintain and not, you know, let my bad habits uh, deteriorate me further. So I have all the admiration for folks who are my age and above who are, who are in keeping themselves fit and, and, and maintaining that. But at this point, like watching this cage match, there's so many times I was like, she does not need to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. 47. She's had her time in the ring. Her her legacy, if that's what she's concerned about in the in the world of professional wrestling is pretty solid. Yeah. And she's going out there and taking bumps. And, and uh, like at one point, she has this gigantic welt on her forehead that just keeps getting bigger as the match goes on and hanging up and up from the cage. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you doing this? It w- and and it just comes back to I think that like uh, it, it's like okay you want to cut us from SummerSlam uh, let's let's show them what everyone missed and the crowd was so into this match I don't know how the rest of Payback went because I haven't had a chance to watch anymore but oh my gosh if you have Peacock go and watch this match yeah. just really good good storytelling. Um, of course, Becky Lynch playing a little bit, uh, almost kind of starting off a little bit like Steve Austin in this match. Um, she just, it just it 
they they work really well together and there was a lot of of great you know storytelling in the match it was a it was a match that never felt boring even though it wasn't spot 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 there was a lot of like they slowed it down sped it up like it it just never felt like oh my gosh when is this going to end um, so I, I can't give enough praise for it. Go watch that match. I, I would imagine, unless there were some fantastic matches later, this was up for match of the night. Very nice. Very nice. I'll have to check that out. I watched the LA Knight Miz match. I skipped over the uh, the first match, but I have to go back and watch that. Yeah, I started watching a little bit of that. I didn't get too deep into it, though. Mm. But I maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to that. Maybe, just maybe. Yeah. I've also heard the Shinsuke Seth Rollins match was also quite good. So I'll have to check I mean, that out too. How could that not be? That that promo before him. Oh, oh dear Lord. Oh, spine tingling. Good stuff. Anyways, um before we start tearing off into another uh, uh John's rant. We're hurtling in toward the uh, two-hour mark. So thank you to everyone listening, and thank you for tuning in. We do, uh, certainly appreciate all the members of the Free Range EDC congregation who have joined us here on the interwebs, uh, who have joined us here through Podbean, through Apple Podcasts, especially through YouTube. We've gotten a lot of folks uh, listening through YouTube, so thank you very much to all those folks. If you're wondering what the hell this thing is about the Free Range EDC congregation, well, we like to think of ourselves as the nicer cult. Uh, and the way that you join is simply by subscribing. So you can go to freerangeedc.com. Uh, there you'll find all of our episodes. You can download them one at a time, or you can really just, you know, show everybody just what kind of a person you are and download all of them. 140 some odd episodes and just 41, sir. 41 and just, you know, just fracking just binge them all. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point you'll, you'll probably have several problems, but Hey, what, you know, at least. It'll be fun. Um, but you can do that, or you can subscribe to the Podbean app. Uh, if you say to yourself, I've got enough apps in my life, then feel free to find us on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, whole bunch of other podcast purveyors. Search for Free Range EDC. You will more than likely find us. You can also find us on the social medias because we love us some us. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook. Both of those are at Free Range EDC. We are also on YouTube. Full episodes available there, uh, which is also at Free Range EDC. Um, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns about the show, if you have any suggestions for show topics, or simply you just want to be like, hey, uh, you can send all of those to Tim at freerangeedc.com and he will be back uh, with you forthwith, if not sooner. Uh, and now, ladies and gentlemen, I believe I've finished uh, shilling all of my stuff. I've completed my contractual obligations for the show. Uh, it's now time for me to turn this over to the less idiotic of the two idiots who run this show, mm. but not before I ask the second most important question in all of humankind. What is the first most important question you may ask? Well, I mean, come on. We all know it's what is hip. The second being, what the hell did we learn this episode? Uh, we have learned the following, my friend. Uh, Let me talk to you. We have learned that uh, the Free Range EDC congregation is is sitting at the edge of their seats waiting to hear about uh, the man they call Tim's journey through Fantasy Gridiron this no, season. God, please, no, no, no! No one else more looking forward to it and sitting at the edge of their seat than Uncle Todd himself. You are worse than Uncle In fact, he's begging me to join the league no, out of a sense God, of please, no, no, missing it. No! 
wrong. <laughs> We've also learned uh, in the uh, Idiot's Court uh, adjudication of CM Punk versus AEW, we find for the defendant CM Punk and that he was wrongfully done dirty, hopefully has an opportunity to have one final run with the big boys. Yeah. Uncle Todd's phenomenal fantasy booking idea, uh, which we hope will come to fruition. Yeah. We've also learned uh, Austin versus Hart is the submission match from WrestleMania 13. Brutal affair. One of the best matches uh, probably of all time. Uh, indeed. With a, a phenomenal refereeing job and crowd control job by one Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Uh, we've also learned that Steve Austin knows how to weaponize a tall coke. So, if you're ever looking for, That's it. if you're ever looking for a you know a little bit of a, a pointer on how to do that, just check this match out, and he will uh, educate you nonetheless. Do it. And finally, we have learned uh, that uh, overall, uh, this this match as we have talked about is uh, just two phenomenal competitors. And uh, if you have not witnessed this match but are a fan of wrestling, do check it out. It is a piece of history and something that should be taken in as a exemplar of fine professional wrestling. But quite honestly, the youngins should be uh, you know kind of patterning after. Damn. Yeah. All that being said. As Uncle Todd has uh, already mentioned, and I will emphasize, we appreciate the listenership. Thank you so much. Yeah. And as we close things down on the range, be safe, be yeah. healthy, yeah. be kind, yeah. be good to one another. Yeah. And uh, hey, you don't have to go home, but you cannot stay on the range. We're shutting her down for the night. Thank you. Godspeed. And good night, ladies and gentlemen. Make him humble. Thank you, Shiki. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Oh, here's a pleasant sight. Cirrhosis the Wonder Dog. I'm, I'm not drunk, all right? I just have a speech impediment. <laughs> and a stomach virus. And an inner ear infection. I beg your pardon, what did you say? You give me my cheese wheels, boy? You are such a disappointing pair. Correct the mundo! I prayed so hard for you. Get out and don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Hey, you actually trimmed that down to like under five minutes this time. I'm so proud of you. Hey, you know, I'm uh, refining. I'm, I'm getting better, baby. And furthermore, oh. I would like to add. Can, can oh, I don't no no oh one, one, no addendum one addendum one addendum oh. to what we have learned, and and you will be on board with no, this. No, God, please no. No, you'll be no. on board with this. No, we have learned that the People's Court theme rings the funk, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it slaps, as the kids would say. Or it slaps. Can can we get a little little <laughs> before we go? No? Is a lot is a little bit of a lead in. Oh, there we go. There it is. While that's going, we've who also learned a man Todd. who will lay down with the gavel. Uncle Todd what will that? not throw out a hip when grooving to this oh, fine jam. You hear that guitar right in there? Indeed. Oh, oh there it is. Keyboards. Wait, wait. Oh, son of a sea biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deuce booty. Oh. Oh, be the theme of the now. show now. 
Play those drums, man. Mm. Who brings the funk? Is it Shaft? Maybe. Here we go. <laughs> oh my god. We never got this far. Now we're working a little bit of the uh, sit. Very nice. A bit of Star Wars action there. Damn! My goodness. Damn! I'm going to judge walking with such uh, funk. Damn! You are worse. Let me talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Uncle Todd is out of control. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my god. Let I'm going to crack him. <laughs> Alright, that's enough of that. <laughs> Good God almighty. Now get the hell out of here!